And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbins, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com. And listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks made out of bamboo. I am joined this week by our producer, Jack Mason, Trevor Olson. Max Veach and a uh, very special guest. He'll be popping on here any minute now. His name is Jude Hull. He is the grandson of Bobby Hull, the son of Brett Hull. Um, and yes, we are going to ask Jude why he chose to play goaltender. Um, so look forward to hearing that answer from him coming up. Um, let's go over our uh, let's go over our weekend recap here, brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. T-shirts, head covers stickers for the man cave flags polos they've got it all good minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there go and check out beauty status um, on all socials their website is www.beautystatushky.com um Ols, what did you get up to on the weekend um i'll get into this a little bit more later but uh, my car battery actually died this weekend so i was stuck at home um then my parents came down on Sunday to help with the house. My dad brought uh, a battery down that, that he had laying around or whatever, a new one that didn't fit in one of his trucks. Well, it wasn't the right one for my car either. So I went three days without a car. Um, and I'll dig into that story a little bit uh, more down the road here. But uh, extremely laid back, watched some college basketball and started watching How to Get Away with Murder on Netflix. Elite show. Isn't that isn't that kind of lawyers talking about? You know, it's. I started watching on. It's kind of confusing because it's like fast forwards and then goes back. Yeah, yeah. Once once you get through the fact of what it is, um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's cheesy. It's like one of the. It's like a scandal. You know, yeah, or yeah. one of those shows. So there's always kind of Where drama. You, and it's so like it's kind of ass, but yeah. it's just like you kind of watch it because it's. It's got like a sweet storyline, but you can tell as you're watching it, like, yeah, yeah, these are actors. This is yeah. real. Yeah. Like I'm I'm a big stiffler on that. Me and Landon Hayes, <laughs> uh, a college buddy. Um, when it comes to acting, like I can't I can't physically like watch a show if there's bad acting, it just gets in my head and I can't do it. Um yeah. but for these ones, these drama ones, I already know that it's gonna be bad acting. It's just kind of the storyline. It's more of like background uh yeah. while I scroll on my phone. Yeah, I know I like that. I've I've watched a few of those shows. I I'm also with you. They're all like um very few movies or TV shows I'll watch without good acting. Just like it's like, you know what? You guys didn't come watch my uh coast games. I'm not gonna watch some fucking minor leaguer mm-hmm. actor. So I'm going to watch the big dogs. You guys watch NHL. You didn't come to my games. I'm not watching your shit show. But sometimes I do. Sometimes it's nice. Yep. Uh, yep. Veach, Veach, what did you get up to on this weekend? 
Uh, had a buddy's bachelor party up in Stillwater. So, um, you know, a little bit of a, a retreat out there. A bunch of bros just hanging out in a, a big house was was basically the extent of it, getting toasted off beers and liquor. So um, Saturday, woke up, you know, a little bit later, got some food in the belly and then just watched high school and college hockey for Hockey Day Minnesota. Closed it out with a Minnesota Wild Wind shootout. Everybody was buzzing down there. Went out to Truck Park afterwards. Brought the party back to Stillwater again. You know, rinse and repeat. Sunday, come home, take a nice little nap ski, wake up at like 8 o'clock at night, just fueled and ready to go. And then, you know, that leads into a, a long Monday. And so here we are. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds sounds like a hell of a weekend. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great weekend. Yeah, um, I mean... It was nice to see all the guys again and the wedding's in a month. So we've got a little bit of recouping to do and then just do it all over again. Oh yeah. Love that. Mace, what'd you get up to this weekend? Uh, so this weekend I ended up going to a show on Friday. It was an excision show. So excision was like the headliner. And then there's a person called virtual riot. Who's one of like the main openers there. Um, and that was super fun. It was super loud, fucking flames flying everywhere, lasers going everywhere. Uh, so I was pretty hungover on Saturday, but then got a little skating with the fellows on the pond. There you go. Warming up for the pond hockey tournament next weekend. I know if just playing, so that'll be fun. Um, and then we had such a blast on Friday that we went back on Saturday. So ran it back again, night two. And then Sunday, I was just in pain. I mean, my neck still hurts right now. It was a fun show, but I'm feeling it. Where was the show at? It was at Armory. It was at the Armory. Okay, great venue. If you haven't been, absolutely go check it out. I think it's probably the elite one in the Twin Cities area. Bars on both sides, no waiting. It's awesome. We got First Avenue now. Now there's Armory. I don't know how long Armory's been a thing, um, but three or four years. That place is electric. Yeah. Um, the Armory? I've never been. Yeah. Oh, oh, so nice. It's the Find wild a reason west. to go. It's the wild west in there, too. You, you, have you ever seen that video of that security officer pat, patting people down before they go in? He's just, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do at the Armory. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Okay, you're good. I mean, people smoking joints out there. They're, I mean, you can fire off pistols if you want, I think. It's like, whatever. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Mace, yeah, speaking crazy. of the pond hockey next weekend, you know our first game is at 8 a.m., right? Dude, oh, my God. That's going to be a grind on a Saturday morning. Yeah, and it's going to be like five degrees outside again. Oh. <laughs> Chilly warming shack. The fire, you know, it, it hasn't been warmed up yet for the day. Just cold to start it off. And then we play again. We've got one game off and another one at 1030. So, you know, I don't know what I'm going to have to warm up at, but it's going to be early. There's one thing. I know those morning games suck, but if you do happen to find yourself out on Friday, it's a hell of a way to get rid of the hangover in an instant. Yeah. You're just outside 100%. being just frozen to death. like. Yeah. And that's, but, that's, but you kind of have to ride the wave, right? Because you sweat it out in the morning. You got to get right back on the horse. Otherwise, you want to take a nap at two. Immediately, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, glad yeah. we have a little break, though, between games because last year we had games back to back. And oh my gosh, it was brutal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought I was going to die like halfway through the second game. I did. I gave up. I sat in the snowbank. <laughs> is, is that the full pad one again? The, the yeah. full, like, real hockey with the real rink? 
Did we go full pads last year? Or is it just breezers and, and everything? Breezers, no, no shoulders, but we played that high school team that wore the yes. full pads and yeah, you know, had the student section. Yeah, the force leg guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um well yeah, my weekend was actually fairly similar to the the pond hockey ones there. Uh I did drive down to the cities for a bit. Mini movers had a team in the US Pond Hockey Championships. Um we entered into the open league, which the open division, it's a top division. Um, and we had some, we had some really good players on the team. We went one and three. Just got Ooh. dummied. Juder. Juder's hopping in at the best time. What's, What's up, fellas? <laughs> Juder, we're on? just, uh, we're going over a weekend recap here. And you caught me talking about the U.S. Pond Hockey <laughs> Champion. And uh, yeah, I saw, I saw Juder there actually. Um, and again, I, I got there late Friday night. We played Saturday at one o'clock and Friday, I got there Friday, saw the guys went out, was pretty hung Saturday, go outside and we're standing outside. It's like negative 20 wind show. I mean, it's just completely gone. Cause you're frozen, right? Like you're standing outside trying to talk to people. And after like 30 minutes, you know, like you're trying to talk to people, but your jaws are frozen. So you're like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't even talk to people. You're like, yeah, sorry, my jaw doesn't move. Like, I can't talk right now. <laughs> um, but it, it was a good tournament. I have a couple issues with how they set up their – so when we do these outdoor tournaments, I like when the hangout area is separated from where the players get dressed. And the hangout area was the locker room. That's where, like, the bar was where they were selling beers. So, like – Everyone's just sitting around. It kind of smells like hockey gear. It smells like shit. And you're just in the hangout area with a bunch of people with, with their skates off. Like, it just smells like shit. And you're just hanging out. Like, I wish I could have changed that and kind of separated it a little bit. But um, beggars can't be choosers. I did happen to park in a VIP spot where they told me not to, but I did anyways. And uh, <laughs> an unbelievable spot. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> so did that um saturday and then drove home and obviously watched football um sunday not surprised well i i feel bad for the 49ers um that is just like if you're a 49ers fan everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong and you're just like this is the worst day of my life like in, in, see, in philly too so the fans are just giving it to any fan that came out there you see, I saw some videos of some some 49ers fans probably spent thousands of dollars on tickets. Yeah. And they're just sitting in their seats just, fuck me. <laughs> like, that's yeah. terrible. Um, and then the, the Patty Mahomes, Joe Burrow, I wish we could just re-watch that game. It's fun to watch those two. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a fun Super Bowl to watch with Pat, Patrick Mahomes healthy. Um, the Eagles are a powerhouse. I don't know how you bet against them at this point, but uh, – I don't know how you get. I don't know how you bet against Patty Mahomes either. So NFL's rigged. They did. NFL's rigged. They did kind of like. Here's we'll get into a conversation topic here a little bit. If you're a NFL ref, and that little push, I know, I know, in the middle of the season, you're calling it. It's a late hit on the quarterback. Whatever. That basically sent the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Like. Are you are you throwing that flag? If I'm a ref, like it's like NFL playoffs 
or NHL playoffs, like you put the whistle away. You don't want to be the one determining the game. Fucking put your hand in your pocket, buddy. Like you don't throw that flag. Arizona's Arizona Stadium is all state. No, uh, State Farm. Uh, state Farm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> state Farm and Patrick Mahomes is the spokesperson. They needed him there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gage. To go on your point, these guys are going a million miles an hour, going you know full effort. The game's coming down to the wire. They're all running towards the sideline at the same speed. There's been a bunch of still shots that all the Bengals fans are putting out. Like Mahomes' foot isn't even on the ground yet by the time initial contact is made. Mahomes sold it as good as he could, and props to him for that. Yes, do I think it probably gets called? You know, ninety percent of the time in the regular season, a hundred percent. Do I think it should have been called in that instance? Absolutely not. The rules there to prevent injuries. Nobody got injured. If anybody did get injured, it was the Bengals player trying to stop himself because he was going so fast out of bounds. Yeah. It's just crazy. And I, I watched, I rewatched because there's like, there was a tweet like, oh, you think this guy cost him the game? And it showed that whole series before that event happened and even that play. He made all three tackles to bring yeah, him yeah. to third down. And then like live speed, he like, because when you if you push the guy before he gets out of bounds, the clock keeps running, right? So like that's what he's trying to do. Um, I, it's just brutal. Like how is that guy supposed to sleep at night now? Like he thinks he just lost in the game. It's like, well, and then he and then he's got his own teammates yelling at him, walking yeah. into the locker room. Like, yeah, that was like, brutal. Come on, that was horrible. Horrible. But, but who was the who was the guy that stood up during his interview and basically? Yeah, was, yeah I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, well, that was my weekend. I guess Juder's here to talk about his. Jude, what did you get up to this weekend? <laughs> well, I, I I was up to what you were up to. I, I had a, two extra days of pond hockey, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I originally wasn't going to play in the tournament. I, I back-to-back years, best jerseys at the tournament. This year I was looking forward to putting together a, a, a roster that wasn't going to go 0-4. And uh, you know what? Uh, that guy in the North Dakota hockey shirt bailed on me. <laughs> I was on the team that went on four. We were so bad last year. <laughs> I, I couldn't get enough guys to commit, so I just said whatever. And then last minute, someone asked me to play on their team. And I was like, I'd rather play than not. <clears throat> so I was I was in the Cedar Division. And uh, Clint actually was telling me – a couple days before that he might need a guy or two to fill in. So I was like, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to. So I, uh, we, I think our game was at like 10, 15. We got, yeah, one guy on the bench. Olsen knows all about that. Awful. <laughs> it, it was a grind. <laughs> we're playing, we're playing my, my old team too. So it's kind of a game I want to, I want to win. And uh, so we lose game one. Then I go out and play two more hockey games. So my hips were about to, the, the muscle was about to rip from my, from all my bones and my legs. Oh, yeah. um, and then probably, uh, probably coughing up blood too. Oh my God. <laughs> That's honestly the worst thing ever. We did that for two games last year and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I'm not in good enough shape for that anymore. No. And then on top of that, you just got like, I mean, the ice is an absolute liability. 
So you got guys like popping knees and like get oh yeah having, having to walk off off the ice I, on all fours. I, I forgot to mention that part. The ice this year was so god awful. There were there were large cracks in every in every rink, and I'm just sitting there like someone told me there was already like on Saturday morning someone told me there are already four torn ACLs. On the pond, you should have oh. seen them Sunday. They were like four or five inches deep. Oh, um, yeah. Then I had the the pleasure of going out with uh, the fellas uh, Friday night, and then uh, rinse and repeat Saturday. Met you guys out at uh, out of, at the bars, and what what bars did you guys go to? Uh, what bars That's did we been, go to? We tried doing punch bowl both nights. Um, we went to the loop the first night, and I think uh, punch bowl second night. Things get a little fuzzy uh, from there. <laughs> Put you guys on the spot there, holy shit! Yeah. Well, the, these guys, these guys are all living living free, not having to get up at seven a.m. to go play another pond hockey game on Championship Sunday. <laughs> I, I responsibly leave at about eleven, eleven thirty. Wake up. I'm I am in just a miserable state. I I, I, I get to, half, your, half your team didn't show. Up. I, I get to the rink and we got half the team that's just like not there. And I'm like, no way. Like I would have rather just called and said, hey, we're not gonna play. Let the other <laughs> let the other team sleep in too. But yeah, we we got a waxing in us. We I think we lost like nine to three. It wasn't fun. Went straight home and watched football the rest of the day. Yeah, that was, that was my weekend. I, you know, I I wanted to mention about these pond hockey tournaments. Um, so I actually, I actually was a was a bystander. I was watching my buddies play in a different different rink in between our games, um, and this this team they were play they were beating this team pretty good. They're playing very respectful. Well, this team they were playing like all you know, matching uniforms, matching sweatpants, you know, almost matching gloves and they're just getting killed. So they start getting pissed and they start cheap shotting guys and eventually bench clearing brawl. And I'm just a bystander, like out there with them, like chirping back and forth. Like, yeah, nice fucking uniforms. You fucking pussies. (laughs) (laughs) We're just yelling back and forth. And it's like, you're like, sit back and you're like, what are we doing? And, you know, <laughs> we're fucking out here trying to have a good time, and guys are just fucking getting pissed, like fighting each other. It's well, like, I, I dumped a guy last year. I dumped a guy over the boards last year. I was getting fucking so mad. It gets pretty heated. It's like there should be like it'd be fun if there were two divisions. You know, like these are for the guys who you know this is the Stanley Cup for them, and these are the, this divisions for the guys who just want to have a good time. Because I, I respect the guys who go hard in beer league and pond hockey, whatever. Like, if that's what you like to do, fucking right, you know. But I don't need to be out there at this day and age taking things seriously on the pond. Um, it always at that point. It always it always starts like a friendly match for me though, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're down five one, and you just want to take your two by four to the guy's ankles. Hundred like. <laughs> percent. Well, I, how about so? I'm this is my first year doing the cedar. So cedar, it's exactly what it should be, right? The the open is for the guys that want to, you know, maybe take a cross check or two into the into the the kidney and be all right with it. 
the cedar i was i was really looking forward to some just like nice relaxing non-physical no contact hockey and it's just the same work ethic with less skill so i'm i'm t- i'm t- catching slap shots waist high the whole the all four games i'm like this is not fun for me and it, it's just not it's just not normal hockey eh? like you get out there and you're like all right you know make some plays or it's just people just rifling pucks down yeah. the other end and fun. it's that, just yeah that was like our team with you know the couple bunch of guys played you know college or whatever good players and you're trying to actually play hockey out there and it's like what do you this isn't actual like you can't it's it's just whack fuck you'll, out there like you'll lose 15 to 1 if you try and go out there and make plays because <laughs> you know, yeah. the guy will there's no goaltending but the guy will just guard the goal pick it off send it down and they just oh, stop yeah. your net it's stupid oh yeah uh it'd be, it'd be a lot I think that almost gets people more riled up that there's no goalie than if there was a goalie, um, yeah. you know, cause everyone's like, fuck it, goaltending, you stand in front of the net, you know, like <laughs> I would definitely the, be the guy just right in front of the net, like my stick in front of the hole. Like, no, nope, <laughs> the, the ref, the refs, the one thing they say before the game is no goaltending. And then you're the, the he's just watching goaltending. He's like, <laughs> Hey, he's like, Hey, move around white. Move around, white, and just like fuck off, ref. I remember I'm not, I'm not moving around. Last last year, last year you were just like fuck it, I'm staying back. <laughs> he's literally just doing C cuts in the crease. He's just like waiting. For I would I would watch Trev and and Jerf start a defense, and once that puck touched their stick, they were so fast in the other end of the zone. And I'm like, <laughs> someone's got to stay back. And yeah. I, I just took it upon myself. I'm like, I'm not crossing the, the first third of this ice. That Our, was the battle. That's yeah. the battle between every team. Like, fucking yeah. who's back? You're supposed <laughs> to be back. Like, I thought you were playing D. <laughs> there are no line combinations, unfortunately. No, God, no. And then you say, then, I mean, I caught myself many times saying, all right, I'll stay back this time. And then I get the puck and I just fucking rip up the ice. It's well, like, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're saying that as we're down eight to one and you're like, I got to score a goal here. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, on the, you're, you're the last man back on the back check in your head. You're like, fuck, I said I was going to stay back. <laughs> <this year." laughs> and, then, and then at that point, you're like, do I just stay out here in case they give me a breakaway? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Well, let's move on here. Let's move on to our predictions. Um, last week, uh, what, what do we go there? Five, four, five, and three, five, and three, six, and two. Am I right there, Mace? Yeah. Yep. You went six and two. Trev went five and four because you got the bonus point. And then both Veach and I went five and three. That's good. I beat Veach. Veach has actually been hot. Veach Veach is like Veach is at five. He's above five hundred now. No, I'm only at five hundred. And the high school stuff, which I have no no idea what's going on. I just picked the homers, and they all lost, and it was stupid. The only one I got right was obviously Hermantown because it's the best hockey team in the state. Yeah, I was going to say congrats on your big win, (laughs) Veachy. Yeah, good good jerseys. Um, It was. I'm sad White Bear couldn't win that in front of the home crowd, but that was pretty sick to see Hill Murray win in overtime there. Um, yeah. Good venue though. I didn't, I, I didn't end up getting over there, but I, 
I like the Venmo venue they set up. They it looked like they did a great job with it. I was I was supposed to head over there uh, with an old uh, has been Matt Van Voris Van Voorhees. I still don't know how to say his goddamn last name, <laughs> um, but he was in the pond hockey championships as well. They won. They won. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, so he uh, he basically called an X and he said, by the time we get there, everybody's going to be smashing. I'm like, all right, I'm sitting on my couch popping a gummy then. <laughs> Not a bad play. Never no, a bad option. You always, whenever you make that play versus the ladder, you always feel better the next day. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the predictions for this week. We'll start off with the first one. Western at Duluth. Friday night, Duluth favored by a goal and a half. Does anyone want to start us off? Duluth coming off a huge weekend. Um, I don't know if it's too late in the season for them to kind of make a run at things, but anything can happen in that frozen face-off if you start playing well. Um, so they got things are looking up in Duluth right now, eh, Veach? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first on this one. UMD coming into the weekend was at 32 in the pairwise. After this weekend, they're at 24. So they made a jump. They're they're on, you know, obviously the up and up there. They climbed up to fifth in the NCHC. They're one behind St. Cloud, who dropped down to fourth, I believe. They might be in third. I, I'd have to double check that one again. Besides that, uh, their power play was dog shit going into the weekend. Now they're fifth best in the nation. So... Things are looking up. This team's figuring out how to score again. And against Western, they're going to absolutely have to, especially when you're talking about that top line that's got three of the top five or six in the nation. Um, I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. They're going to come out with that same energy. Uh, 5-4 UMD wins on Friday. I don't I don't get why they're favored, because Western is ahead of them in the rankings. And, and Adam Soil, though? At yeah. they're hot. I don't. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I get I it. I, I get like this. I'll, I'll. You know what? You you just took Western because you took the points there, but you think Duluth. I'm going to take Duluth. They're winning by two. They're, right. they're hot. Western money line. Western Fuck money line. Fuck you, Wolf. Western money line, and they're. I'm going to do a reverse line. Western to win by a goal and a half. I get three points. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I think Duluth. I don't think they're they're. I watched them play UND. Um, they are not what their record says. Uh, I think they're winning this one by. I think they're getting an open netter. They're gonna. They're, oh, really? They're up by one. They're getting an open netter to win by two. Yeah. So they've I'm been struggling two. to hit open netters, and you know they've won so many games by just one goal because they can't do that. And I think it's because they're playing with that defensive mindset. But I would love to see it, especially against Western. They've already beat them once this year in Western. So I'm I'm really hoping they can do it on Friday and, and get some. And if you're if you're a Duluth game. fan, you're you're probably feeling pretty comfortable because I don't know if you guys saw, but. I did call that Owen McLaughlin would score his first goal um, before the game happened. And luckily they scored eight. So it would have been pretty tough for him not to, but uh, <laughs> he got her up. So um, called that one. It felt pretty cool about that. So he scored. I'm like, no fucking way. That's unreal. But I didn't, I also didn't realize they were up eight, nothing. So yeah. <laughs> um, Jude, Jude, what do you got in this one? Well, if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, I haven't watched – I think I've watched two college hockey games all year. This is tricky because 
of the two college programs that I can see myself saying I care about the most, it'd be Western because I have so many dear friends who are alumni from there. And then Duluth because of my, my father, of course. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with a Duluth, a Duluth covers the spread here, wins by two goals. I love it. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 What? what yeah. I acquired uh, this this weekend. No way. Where if it, where at? Uh, the wild game. It was sitting at one of those auction things. I was like, well, I have to have it. So oh. I threw down a bid. <laughs> Nobody bid more. And I was like, Let's all right, go. I'll take that home. That's, That's awesome. Just, That's a beauty. That is fucking sick. People, That's... for the listeners, for the listeners, my dad was a Duluth football player, and he actually uh, was at school while Brett was there as well. So he had he has worked out with Brett a few times, um, just working out as athletes together there, and um, that's kind of how I how I kind of knew who Jude was a little bit because uh, I I knew my dad had had hung out with his dad before, so um, and now obviously we got Jude on here and good friends nowadays. My dad thinks it's funny. I told him, you know, I've been hanging out with Brett's son. He's like, that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ols, what'd you get there? You went with Pancheros, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mouthful burrito. Can't even respond. <laughs> oh, this burrito is very good, but it's very filling. <laughs> yeah, I went with a uh, steak burrito. Um, Pancheros did give us a couple of free burritos uh, last year. So they're in the back of my mind. They played us pretty good with that. Uh, I'm kind of expecting a a year-long commitment to us here in the near future. Uh, but, yeah. but for now, I'll just give their product, to, you know, once every month I get a Pancheros burrito. Hey, shout out to them too. You were talking about getting in this thing like 15 minutes ago. It's already at your door in your hands and down yeah. your it. So, you know, yeah, that was, great uh, customer service. That was quick. It was. Um, it was. Mace, Mace, who are you, who are you taking on this one? So... Western, definitely a good team. They can score. They have a great first line. Duluth, we've talked about. They have the talent. They just haven't been clicking. But, I mean, they've started to make some started to make some noise. Friday night at Amsoil with the sweep. I think I'm taking Duluth on Friday. They're going to catch Western off guard, and then Western's going to smoke them on Saturday. I'll take it. I don't care at this point if I can split with Western and, and keep a little bit of momentum. They're above them. It's only no, going to help the pairwise ranking. I'm fine. You with will it. not take us. You, Veach, we are looking for another sweep of Western by the dogs. They're, they're six points back. That would tie them up with Western if that happened. I and just, the here, here's the thing. I just want it on record that Gage, a fan of North Dakota, who is currently behind UMD in the standings in the NCHC, wants UMD to get the sweep and keep North Dakota below UMD. You heard it from him, not from That's me. I'm not putting way. any words in his mouth. We also need said. West. We also need Western to lose points too. So we're on. We're in the same boat here. That's fair. Hey, I will say this: Western's penalty kill is dog shit they are like sixth worst in in all of college hockey so if umd can get on the good side of the refs and on the right side of penalties in this game again you saw how well it, you know played out for them against st cloud that is going to be the key so they got to annoy some of the boys and uh that's going to take some some energy from the crowd so if you're in duluth go to the game yell at western do whatever you can to help the boys out 
Yep. Yep. Let's get that going. We need Western to lose there. Um, <clears throat> it was funny. It was funny watching the, it was funny. I was watching on CBS, North Dakota play Miami and it's seven and eight in the NCHC playing each other. And, you know, Alex Heiner and uh, Dave Starman are just trying to like, you know, these teams are, uh, you know, playing for something here. And uh, it's like, <laughs> they're just like trying to string together some bullshit to say about the teams like to the get toilet interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny though, because North Dakota, like they can easily finish the season in the four seed given their, their schedule that's still out there. So it's possible. Oh, for sure. And, and um, I mean, it's really, they're 11 points. Duluth's 10 points out of first. North Dakota's 11. I mean, they're not probably going to take first, but there's they can definitely get in the top four for sure. Yeah, get that um, home ice. And we got Omaha in second place in the NCHC. I mean, that's insane. We did have Colorado College in the top four for the longest time, and now they're seventh. Um, pretty they're unpar. back where they should be. Yep, on par with that. Uh, but no, we'll move on to the next game here. Quinnipiac at Harvard. It's one game shot Friday night. This one's a pick them. They're one and two in the ECAC. Who are we going with? Oh God. I'll start again. I'm going to put myself at a disadvantage. I don't know what you guys are going to pick here. I picked against Quinnipiac and they have won. I've picked Quinnipiac and then they lost both games that one weekend. Harvard, I'll say it again. I think this was the last matchup I had when I was picking against them. Has 15 NHL prospects that are signed. Well, I guess not signed to teams, but you know their rights are owned by teams more than anybody else in the nation. If anybody's going to beat Quinnipiac, again, it's going to be Harvard. This is the only chance in the rest of the schedule for Quinnipiac to have an actual loss, in my opinion. I think it has to come now. Harvard win. Yeah. Yeah, Veach, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with you on that one. Um, I did. This is tough for me because I saw Quinnipiac win that little tournament, and then I saw a little video online of the of the, the Quinnipiac boys dancing in the locker room. It was actually a pretty sick dance, and I was like, oh, "Fuck yeah. the boys! The boys look like they're rolling." But um, like you said, Harvard Harvard's got NHL draft picks. They're 15 and five. I mean, that's a hell of a record. I know Quinnipiac's 20 and three, but. Um, they're playing at Harvard. I know this is a big matchup for both schools. The building would probably be full. Um, I got to go with the home team on this one, Harvard. I will say this too about Quinnipiac winning that tournament. There are rumors out there that Quinnipiac was preventing fans of other teams from getting tickets to go there and keeping it more of a home atmosphere. So they got some karma coming. In. That There's Q- always karma coming with that. Q-Pack, Q-Pack by two. <laughs> all right there we have it cute back by two i'll I'll go harvard right side of his against me mace i dare you you know i like quinnipiac i I always like watching them i gotta go harvard though yeah or even before all these picks i was still thinking harvard so i gotta stick with it you guys are schmucks (laughs) <laughs> I'll say this, Yanov Peretz, I don't know if it's Yanov, Yaniv, however you actually pronounce it, one of the best goaltenders in the nation. He was last year, he is this year. I know he plays in a relatively weak conference compared to some of the other people. It's not quite as bad as the Atlantic, but it's still nowhere near the top. It doesn't matter. That guy is a monster. He's good. He could be the difference. I'm hoping he's not. Yeah. Well, and I also, you know, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but... uh 
everything college hockey tweeted out some pictures of locker rooms and stuff and they showed Quinnipiac's locker room and I was just disgusted um seeing their locker room it's like you've got one of the best programs in the nation for hockey yeah and this is the locker room you're presenting to the your recruits coming in like they've got the pop-up ceiling you know like the square see like cross drop ceiling with formaldehyde yeah Yeah, like let's put some recessed lighting in there and fucking you know like let's make it a little presentable in there for the boys like we got to change things up we got to get the donors on the line you know who who's in charge of getting the donors and trying to you know raise some money for that program because clearly some of these guys aren't pitching in i think in this day and age if you don't have your team logo backlit on the ceiling you just don't belong in college hockey i don't think he <laughs> has that so i'm kind of speaking out of one side of my mouth here but it seems like everybody's got it everyone's got that oval locker room that looks you know modern it looks unbelievable it's nhl i mean northern michigan's got it you know like I'm, I'm sure sacred heart now has a better locker room than quinnipiac it's like all right it's time to uh it's time to you know Go with the times, Quinnipiac, and, and get your boys some a nice room to get dressed in. Also, bump up the visitor locker rooms. Visitor locker rooms, <laughs> like get, show a little fucking respect. You go in there and it's like a it's like a fucking triple A hockey rink, and you're sitting on your buddy's lap. Like, give me a goddamn locker that I can prepare in. See, I'm on the opposite side. If I'm building a stadium for my team, I am making the away room an absolute fucking dungeon. So I got mold. a question for you I'm, guys. I'm ordering, I'm ordering mold, and I'm like, hey, can you install this in the visiting locker room? And then I'm and then I'm putting a sauna heater in their infrared, and I'm like, you yeah, let's make this room. You can't get it below 120 degrees. It surprises me zero that you're on that side. That's an awful take. That's yeah. an awful take. Respect the game. Fuck uh, the away team. Fuck the away team. You guys are peasants. You should be fucking miserable in that rink. You should feel scared. That's what I like. That's what that's the part of going on the road. Hey, before Amsoil was done in Duluth when you were playing at the deck, I know the away locker room was like pink as pink can be and just disgusting. Since they finished Amsoil when you guys were playing in there, did they change that or did they keep that kind of tradition for the new arena? No, it was still it was still when I when I said that about the away, I was Am, Amsoil's <laughs> away room is terrible. It's it's <laughs> awful. It's That's awful. Good. The showers are just brutal. Like if you try and clean out your anus in that shower, you're <laughs> you're done. The thing shreds you apart. It comes out like a fucking rocket launcher, man. You're getting hosed down like if you're in prison. The guards are hosing yeah. you down with a pressure washer. Yeah, like some some guys liked it, man. They just sit in that shower for hours. Just oh, that, <laughs> I, I I never. That room is a straight youth hockey room. You know, yeah. with just a bench and then a shelf up top, and it's like. There's it's not terrible. enough room. It's ter- it was terrible. You guys sound like a bunch of divas. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to see you guys skate a, a mile in a Division Three hockey skates. <laughs> I was, we were getting dressed in a trailer that had a door connected to the connected to the rink. So I, I don't want to hear it. That's all. I funny. love it. That, oh, you- that brings me to the, that brings me to that. <laughs> That video that came out of Saskatchewan, they're taking the, the drop the down stairs to the, to the ice. That's unbelievable. That's so sick. <laughs> Can you imagine having practice out there on drop the ladder, boys? 
Imagine getting kicked out of a game and you gotta wait for them to lower the staircase down for you. Yeah. The boys, the boys, the boys have a bad practice. The coach just skates over and just shoves the stairs up. Not to walk in. We're going nowhere. Put a lock on. Put a lock on those stairs. We won't be leaving for a while. Cutler Roach. All right. Well. Let's move on to the next game here. Um, Big Ten matchup, Penn State at Ohio State. Saturday night, minus a goal and a half for Ohio State. That game, who are we going with? I'm not going first this time. I'll, 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 go, I'll go first. I'll go first. Let, let the novice go. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Ohio State just covers. You know? Okay. They're gonna cover. I, I got. They, they both. They both have very similar records. They both have twenty-seven points in the Big Ten. Both good teams. Um, Close so team. Yep. It's not, a, not a bad pick. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride with Jude here. I'm gonna take Ohio State too. They're not. Lo- they're not losing at home on a Saturday. Um, I know those boys. I was just with uh, Miguel Fiddler. He played at Ohio State this past weekend, and. Um, he was telling me about, you know, Ohio State's antics in Ohio State. They sounded like a bunch of animals. So, you know, that to me means these guys are showing up for a Saturday night game and they'll take they'll take Saturday, uh, maybe an empty netter, maybe just win by two. So I'm going to switch it up. I'm taking Penn State. They're coming in hot. I, I don't know if they're going to win, but they're at least going to cover. All right. Okay. So you're taking Penn State and the points? Yeah. Okay, I'm taking Penn State, money line outright. I don't need any extra points. They got blanked, donut, no points for them on this past weekend. They gave up the Saturday game that they were ahead in. They're going to be upset. I, I don't know that they're going to sweep the entire series. I think they probably have a better chance of winning Friday, if I'm being completely honest. But if they don't, I'm banking on Ohio State winning Friday, so they're more pissed off for Saturday. Give me Penn State, money line. I like it. All right. Uh, I've got... Uh... <clears throat> I've got it going to overtime. Penn State wins 4-3 in overtime. Oh, so Penn State money line, huh? Yeah, in overtime. If it goes to OT, I get like 10 extra points. Okay, deal. (laughs) I like that. Um, This is funny because I brought up, you know, I tweeted out this week, um, Fuck, wrong year to trip the Big Ten because the Big Ten's doing pretty well this year. You know, good for them. Yeah, um, two top ten four, teams. Yeah, they've got they've got four teams um, in the tournament right now, or top twenty, I think. Um, good for them. It's funny because the NCH is having a terrible down year, and they've got uh, three teams in the tournament, and it's a down year. And Big Ten's all fucking hipping and hooray and over four teams it's like yeah you guys had a good year yeah good job big 10 you fucking idiots (laughs) they have been putting up numbers as far as uh you know crowd attendance goes and that has something to do with how well that they're doing because you know it is kind of a show me what you have kind of division but and and people think you know people think i uh trip to big 10 but i do want i do want college hockey ranks to be filled I don't care which league it is. It's good for the game. It's good for the brand. Um, I think that's what makes the game fun is if, if, you know, college hockey rinks are sold out and that's kind of what makes it college hockey. Um, So I'm all for Minnesota having, 
you know, it was good to see Minnesota. They played Michigan State. They they took them to the woodshed. It looked like this weekend. Um, and and to be honest, to me, I've watched St. Cloud. I've watched Denver multiple times now this year. I've watched Minnesota. Minnesota is the overall consensus number one seed. It's not, to me, it's not close. Um, Denver and St. Cloud, I think maybe Quinnipiac are right behind them, but throughout the rest of the year, if Minnesota's not ranked number one, it's a lie. They are the best team in the nation this year. It, there, there's no if ands or about it. it. But again, the tournament, you just gotta you just gotta lose one game and your season's over. So you never know what's gonna happen. But they're definite they're the definite favorites to win it all for sure. And um it's great to see them getting fans against Michigan State. I think you know the Gophers attendance really has something to do with um how well the Timberwolves are doing at the time, how well the the Wild are doing at the time. Um, I think if the Wild are having a better season, I think people kind of navigate or, or they, they attract to the Wild more than the Gophers. But with the Gophers having this team, it's tough not to uh, get your ass over to Mariucci and just see that top line, which might be the best top line in um, college hockey in a long time. Um, they're definitely up there in the conversation with Nyes and, and Cooley and Snuggaroo. Those guys are just insane. So um, I did want to mention that about the Big Ten. But again, you guys got four teams in the tournament and, and it's a unbelievable year. And NCHC has three and it's a terrible year. So just think about that if you're a Big Ten fan. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I like that you tied a nice bow on it after that wide looping kind of, you know, deviation direct shot. yeah <laughs> well people people hate me for my big 10 takes and i really have nothing against it it's just i like i like i like ruffling the feathers a little bit yeah. no shit all right <laughs> <laughs> um we'll move on to the last one here saint thomas at minnesota state mankato um, Friday night, I've got Minnesota State minus three and a half. They are seven and zero in their last seven. They're on a heater. Um, eight, but eight, no, they eight, haven't lost in twenty twenty three. Yeah, eight no. So they've got a they've got to cover four goals here to win. But uh, who are we taking? That's Man, a tough one for me. I'll start off Mankato. Yep, yeah. Mankato Wolves. Yep, they're covering. Yeah. yeah. Give me a six. Give me a six one finish. Yeah. Um, they're rolling right now. Those those St. Thomas boys are already thinking about spring break in Cancun, I think. so. <laughs> you know the last time they played, they only won by one goal, right? And St. Thomas was leading for like 26 minutes of play? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, okay. was a diff- that was a different Mankato team. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, but four goals is a lot, man, for anybody in college hockey, especially with the St. <laughs> oh, yeah, Thomas team that's this hungry. We never beat Niagara by more than two goals. Or- <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll say this right now. I was on the wrong side of this with Quinnipiac and Sacred Heart this past weekend. It won't happen again. I'm with you guys. Give me Minnesota State. I won't do that. <laughs> yes. yes. I was so pumped to see that score five nothing. Oh yeah, they covered. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't cheer for St. Thomas just after all the, the Mayak stuff that had, went down them. You know, uh, so I'm going to go Minnesota State covers. Let's go, Tommies. Oh, I got full man. faith. I got full, full faith. Three and a half goals. Oh, it'll be a one goal game, maybe two goal. Not a bad, not a bad pick, Mace. I mean, that's a smart play, but 
It is Friday night at home at Mancade, although, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough atmosphere to get into. Mace, I, that is the smart play. I did. This was all emotion as far as my pick goes. You are on the right <laughs> side as far as numbers. Oh, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Statistically, statistically, you're on the right side. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Michigan State back on top. What what happened with the? Uh, I never looked. What happened with the Bowling Green NTDP game? What 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 was the score of that one? Do you guys remember? Uh, I think it was five three or five two. I know Bowling Green lost for sure. I know that yes. we won our bet, and um, the national team development program was favored by a goal and a half, so they had to have won by at least two. So um, it was it was as kind of I expected. A fucking whomping Bowling Green is you know overrated, overhyped coming into the year. Kind of fell off, came back, and now we're falling off again. Yeah, no now, we, now we now we got minute now we got Mankato and Michigan Tech atop of the CCHA. Yeah, um, they they've got good records, so things are kind of panning out in that league right now. Um, NDP won six to three against Bowling Green. Six okay, three. There it is. I like that. <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's move on to the fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf now, and. Uh, we're gonna start us off with just a just some conversation topics, and just call it a rant, whatever you want. But I know Ols had something to get at. I wanted a few. I got a few topics to bring up myself. So Ols, start us off here with this one. Yeah, I'm just gonna start with um, nicotine addiction might possibly be the worst <laughs> thing in the fucking world, man. So. As, as I stated early on before Juder joined us, my, my weekend consisted of me sitting on the couch because my car was broken down. Mind you, it's minus 20 degrees with wind chill, wind chill in Minnesota this weekend. I got no car. I got no nicotine. I have dropped the tobacco part of that. I, I used to be on the Grizzly Wintergreen pouches. Now I'm on to these on these nicotine pouches, which I'm, I think are more addictive. Uh <laughs> So I'm sitting on the couch. I run out of run out of my nicotine pouches. I got no car. So what am I going to do? Me, Trevor. If you guys know me, I'm not going to put on my boots and walk a mile to go get nicotine pouches. Except I am in minus 20 degree weather because I needed a fucking pouch in my mouth. <laughs> Can't you DoorDash that stuff? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what if you're under eight? What if you're under eighteen or under twenty-one? Instacart, you can show an ID or some shit. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna lie. I looked on Uber Eats just, to make- <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up I ended up strapping up my boots and going for a walk. I don't go for a walk in the summers when it's seventy-five. I go when it's minus twenty and I need a fucking pouch in my lip. Stupid. Yeah, also I think that. I'm I'm with you on the nicotine addiction. Um, it's a tough deal. It does, you know. There's benefits to it. It's kind of like caffeine. It wakes you up, kind of dials you in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think the lowest I've ever gone for the nicotine was uh, one of my buddies had a one of my buddies had a used uh, used Zin pouch or something from like a week ago, okay. and there was no, and there was nothing left. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Fuck it, give me it. And I fucking put it in my lip. So, um, yeah. That's, that's a low. That's, 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 that's a low. That's insane. <laughs> that, that's gross. How do, you, also, how do you sleep at night? 
I don't get I don't get disgusted by germs. Like I don't germs don't really freak me yeah. out. Yeah, like a fucking booger, but dude, that was in somebody's mouth, man. Like it just is the equivalent of somebody else having it in their mouth, and instead of spitting into a bottle, we'll just call it chew. They just spit oh, in your mouth, like in that mouth. yeah, but that's, but that's spit. But that's spit form. This was kind of dried out already, you know. Like it was old. It was dried out. It was crusty. You know what? Oh, I, I I'm actually I'm actually gonna go backtrack a little bit. Like I've done that with like gum. Like oh, yeah. girl, girl, girls were about to spit their gum out, and I'm like. That's a waste. That's of different. Yeah. I don't know if it's worse. But my it's buddy's different. mouth hasn't been around a cock. That girl's yeah. mouth probably has <laughs> You don't know that. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that. That's right, Beach. Yeah, yeah and now <laughs> let's talk about how many buttholes he's licked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He did like tossing some salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Also, well done on the uh, nicotine addiction. That's uh, that's pretty well done. Um, I got a I got a topic I wanted to bring up. I've been seeing a lot of uh, Mr. Beast. Um, you know, he's this YouTube guy, gamer, whatever he does. Um, he's been he's grown his his net worth is is a ton of money. Um, He's very rich. He's very popular. So he does these YouTube things where he kind of helps people out. So in this last one, he uh, he cured. He got this doctor to cure thousand blind people. They're not fully blind. They're just very bad vision, and they just you know he does the he does like a ten. It's, it's actually a pretty cool deal if you watch the video. I didn't watch all of it. I watched a little clip of it. I think and most of them have glaucoma is what's causing the blindness. And so it's a new procedure that he can, you know, do it yeah. very, very quickly, relatively yeah. cheaply in terms of medical. Takes, takes, 10, takes 10 minutes. And he said, you know, he could cure, you know, millions of people who can't see very well um, within 10 minutes. And it's a shame he can't. So it's a pretty cool deal to see. But what I wanted to talk about was because I saw some tweets like, oh, this Mr. Beast is trying to act like a good guy, but he's just exploiting people to make money um what she is doing so i wanted to get your guys take on you know is mr beast a good guy for doing this or is he just kind of it's kind of like the it's like the charity event thing where you know i have a tough time doing some you know you think you're a good guy doing charity events but you won't do it unless you can get your business sponsored and everyone can see that you're the one doing it you know so like people recognize like oh i'm a good guy so like now you'll like me kind of thing is that does that make you a good guy? Or are you still kind of a bad guy? What What are your thoughts on this? I think in most cases, you're absolutely correct in order for, for being like a little bit skeptical and you should be questioning all this. In this specific scenario, anybody that's like questioning his morals or like what's going on is an absolute fucking loser. You're a lunatic. He's doing like something that should be done with like either national healthcare money or rich people that actually want to make a difference. Super easy, super quick. He proved that all that he does is he makes money off of all of his videos. And sometimes they are ridiculous. They're giving away a jet to somebody and whatever else, but all of the money he makes from that, which is more than he spent on the video, all the money he makes, he reinvests in all these other videos. And he's already promised to give up all of his money by the time he dies to people that just aren't related to him. It's not going into like a family trust. It's going back to just random people. And yes, we'll see if he lives up to that word. But to this point, he has done everything that he said he would. And everything has been positive, beneficial. He's not like ragging on anybody. 
is really positive energy. You are a lunatic loser who just likes complaining if you find something negative about this specific. I think, you know, that that's kind of my take as well, Veach. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, it would be a lot nicer. It would be a lot more sincere if he was doing it anonymously. So he wasn't gaining, you know, popularity no, and money from no. it. But it doesn't matter. Like, to me, you know, like, if you're doing something good, then there's nothing wrong with people knowing that you're doing something good. Like that's good for you and it's good for them. Like why not have the best of both worlds and have it good for everyone? You know, like hey, what's, what's advocate, the problem? Devil's advocate over there. He can't make the money without using his name. And Correct. so he's built he's built a brand and his brand. I saw a video of him. He's like, somebody asked, you know, what's in your bank account? And he's like enough to get by like i reinvest into my videos and then if i'm not doing that i'm helping people out i i think it's an it's a no-brainer for me i think he still lives at his parents house too like he puts all his money from his videos back into him yeah i don't think he pockets much at all yep. Dude, i think you got anything to say over there i'm kind of in agreement with the majority here yeah. like i like all of his videos are just unreal just yeah. give, giving to people who don't have even a sliver yeah. of what he has. Like, I love his videos of like people being in like random, like Walmarts. And he's like, Hey, do you follow Mr. Beast? And if you do, you get like a, a car in the parking lot. Yeah. It's like, like, I think that shit's awesome. Not only that, but it's like, hey, do you want this $10,000? Would you like to give it to somebody else? If they choose to give it to somebody else, he gives them 10000 or 20000 anyway for being a yeah. good person. Like, it's right. just rewarding positivity it's just, again. It's just proof nowadays you can't do anything well enough. Like, people will always chirp. They'll always say shit. And <clears throat> I guess, you know, one thing I would say is, I don't know if you guys follow what Mark Cuban's doing right now, but he's making oh, yeah. like all of these medications very affordable, affordable for people. And he's like, see that he's doing a lot more than Mr. Beast is like, this is like what, what Cuban's doing with this deal is like, that's, well, fucking, that's yeah. crazy what he's doing, which you can make the argument like, Oh, Mr. Beast could be doing this, but it's like, yeah, but he also could be just, going and buying a Lamborghini yacht and then doing whatever the fuck he wants, you know, like no one, you know, he can do whatever he wants with his money. Um, but that he's, I mean, curing a thousand people of what glaucoma, I didn't know that's what it was, but they're just can't see very well. And now all of a sudden they can see, like, can you imagine not being able to see? And then all of a sudden some guy comes along and he's like, Hey buddy, you want to see, just come with me. And you just can see after like that's like that's insane. Like, can you imagine not being able to fucking see? I mean, that'd be that'd be nuts. Like, people are like, "Oh, would you rather be deaf or blind?" It's like, are you fucking kidding me? What do you want me to walking into walls all day? I don't fucking care what I hear. But it's but it's not a random guy. How would he know it's Mr. Beast trying to help him without Mr. Beast's name? That's my whole point. I think. Oh it's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But that but that guy would he would say yes to anyone trying to help him no matter what the name, but he wouldn't get the money to do it. Not to, not to go on the, on the dark side of things, but like if, if somebody walked up to him, you know, they, Hey, come with me. I'll cure your blindness. He can't see like, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to, now I'm being devil's advocate on your side. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like would <laughs> Helen Keller use him? Like how would he relay that he's Mr. Beast to Helen Keller? 
<laughs> Probably Braille. <laughs> yeah, but how how does Helen Keller learn we're, Braille? We're not getting into the Helen Keller <laughs> mix here. <laughs> like that's just not a productive conversation. We're off the rails again. <laughs> I mean, Jude Jude wasn't here last episode, but I mean, to me, Helen Keller is a myth, the most craziest. Thing I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> That's why you've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of Jesus Christ and I've heard of Helen Keller, and they're both on the same level. One can walk on water and the other can read and write while being blind and deaf. So that's they're both equally insane to me. Gage, I have something else for you to Google. And if anybody else wants to, by all means, um, I don't know exactly what it's called, who it is, time or anything, but this will be enough of for to, to get you going on it anyway. There's this guy. Do you know what an iron lung is by chance? Yeah. Yes. So there's, this, there's this guy that was stuck in an iron lung. Basically, it, it reduces the atmospheric pressure around you. It helps you breathe. It basically keeps you alive. Some people have to be put in it. I don't know what genetic defect or condition actually makes you Polio. Wasn't Polio. Polio. Yes. Yeah. So a guy in an iron lung, thank you, Trev, um, <laughs> ended up like learning enough reading and passing the bar exam without use of his limbs. All he could use is like a stick in his mouth to type and like it's, it's this whole time thing. Like it is a wild story and there's like six different documentaries on it. By all means, go look that up. It's another one that's just going to blow your mind. No, that is that is nuts you say that. Um because yeah, that that is insane that someone could do that. But the guy can read and hear and he can see <laughs> and hear and stuff. I'll tell you that it yeah. was also in he's like got, the, the guy's early probably got 80s. a lot of time to read. The guy's he's got a lot of time to read and like listen to stuff. He doesn't get out. So, much. Yeah, he's probably smart as fuck. Okay, again, he can't use his hands. Like he's got to turn the pages with his mouth very slowly. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah. Like, the humans are nuts. I keep like every video you see on these humans. Um, I mean, it, it's all the past nail guns too. Like I don't, I don't understand how these, how I got so fucked in life. Like I don't have any of these skills that these people have, you know, cause like I have full confidence. I have full you confidence. Can walk and you can breathe normal and you, <laughs> that's your yeah. game, bro. I have, I, I'm, I'm just seeing all these skills and these trait, these skills, like these talents that these people have, whether it's, you know, one of my, one of my buddies and uh, one of the kids I went to in high school with, he, he painted a picture over the weekend and I commented on an Instagram. I'm like over the fucking weekend. There's no goddamn <laughs> chance. Are you kidding me? This took you a fucking year. There's no chance you did over the weekend. He's like, yeah, it just took me, you know, 12 hours or something six hours each day i'm like jesus christ this guy's never watched fucking bob ross paint isn't it crazy what, what could happen if we just didn't go out friday saturday night and enjoy yeah. 24 yeah, vodka sodas yeah it's like <laughs> it, it's like the limitless pill yeah. <laughs> yeah you just stop you just stop taking it and all of a sudden we're geniuses <laughs> yeah 100 percent it's, um, it's been seven years since I've had a clear mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then I had another I had another topic I wanted to bring up. I just saw this on Twitter. This guy tweeted a picture. Um, he's sitting on the john taking a shit, and he takes a picture of the of the bathroom, 
And he's like, is this a, is this a multi-person bathroom? And there's two urinals in front of him while he's sitting on the john taking a shit. No, no fucking guard around him whatsoever. And then two minutes later, he tweets out confirmed multi-person bathroom. And it's a guy pissing in the pisser right in front of him. So, so I wanted to, I've seen these bathrooms before. I think it's more of a European thing, but I wanted to, I'm just like, Okay, so there was a he said there was a lock on the door. He didn't lock it. Um now I wanted to just go over this. Are you who's crazier here? This fucker who's <laughs> sitting down to take a shit in this bathroom, or the fucker who and didn't lock the door, or the guy who just walked in saw the guy taking a shit and still proceeded to take a piss in the urine. <laughs> who's in the wrong here? The guy in the wrong is the take the guy taking the shit. <laughs> I disagree. I, I have a confession to make here. There's a bar in Chicago that's very well known that has the same setup, except for there's no lock on the door. So, you know, in my defense, there's no lock on the door. I had the same thing happen. There's no walls, there's nothing. There's just a toilet and there's two urinals, and it's the exact same if setup. If, if there's two urinals. Yep. It, it's a group spot, man. Like it's, it it's no to different to me. Yeah, it's no different to me than the locker room at the YMCA or anywhere else. You're gonna see all these old man balls and ass and everything else hanging out. There might be even more privacy in this bathroom because nobody's dropping trout to the floor. Like you're just taking a shit. It's, it's no big deal. Oh, so you think it's crazier to take a piss in the in in this situation? I think it's yes. crazier that you walk in second. And you see the guy taking a deuce, you and you continue to the urinal and pee like there's a guy shitting right behind you. Well, the hold the audacity of this guy to take full monopolize this pissing and shitting area. <laughs> what if this guy takes a shit for thirty minutes? You're gonna, you're, gonna sac- you're gonna sacrifice thirty minutes of your time at the bar to just wait for this guy to handle his business. <laughs> <laughs> no way it, it can go both ways but i think if you're the guy going in there like i'm gonna shit if i'm shitting in a public place i'm making sure there's a fucking lock on the door i literally <laughs> check twice i'm i if i walk into that bathroom i guess that proves your point then. that's another thing he's yes. not locking the door that's on him yeah that's 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 an absolute sin but i i just think the whole <laughs> act I think the whole act of this guy walking in the door, <laughs> walking in the door like this and noticing somebody shitting and then going to the urinal and then just pissing <laughs> is the normal act. Oh, but you got to think of it in, in a Friday, Saturday night state. You're telling me you're walking in and you're going to be like, yeah, like, I'd be like, what up, dude? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just ordered a couple of drinks. I just gotta, I gotta, hand, I gotta piss quick. I would walk in. I would walk in there as a pisser. There's a guy sitting in that, sitting down, shitting out in the open. I'd walk into the pisser and look over him and be like, you know, I could just beat the shit out of you. Like, you're, so, you're so vulnerable taking a shit. You can't defend yourself. You got a fucking log coming out of your ass, just sitting down. And some guy walks in like you're a you're useless. Like you can't defend yourself. That is an absolute power move to sit down and I just couldn't do it. Like if I walked in and I saw that, there's no chance I'm taking a shit at that bar. There's zero. 
Actually, there is. There is. Yeah, there is. If you got to go bad enough, you're fucking going. And lock the door. If I do that, I'm putting my legs up on the wall and shooting it out like a potato cannon. <laughs> no, no. Here's I want to kind of piggyback off this conversation now, um, and I know I might get some slack here, but you walk into a you walk into a you walk into a gas station. You've got to take a shit, okay, or a piss really bad. You notice. You go to the men's room. Oh, it's a lock. It's, it's a it's a single. I walk into the women's. I open it. It's open. I'm going in there. No questions asked. I'm taking a shit in the women's room. I'm taking a piss. I don't care if I, if it has a lock on it and there's no other girls in there. That's not a women's room to me. That's just a fucking bathroom. If it's a solo with locks, there it should there shouldn't even be a sign that says men or male or female. Agreed. Agreed. Just say restroom. Yeah. Now nowadays, I mean, I I could walk into a woman's bathroom whip out the old horn and pee in the toilet and I can just say that I'm a woman. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm walking in the women's room every time I feel bad because if I walk out and I see a girl waiting on me, I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, you just fucking took a shit in there. But <laughs> I will yeah. say, I will say if the roles are reversed there, girls go into the guy's bathroom all the time. Dude, all the the time. amount of times oh, I've yeah. been at like basement bar and like three girls will just like walk oh, right yeah. past me. And yeah. they're like, yeah, what's up? They're like having full conversations with us. I'm like, I I don't know. I don't if, know. What... Yeah, if I just charge into that woman's bathroom, yeah. I get sexual harassment. Yeah, all the women's line was too long. Come on in, ladies. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do have it a lot harder. They do have it a lot. They do have it a lot harder. Men don't think about it. I think about this often, like how nice it is to just stand up and take a piss. They have to squat down. Like, are they are they nesting every time? Like, they go down. Like, what is if they if they do in the men's bathroom? They have to because those men's bathrooms are just full of piss. Like, there's guys. Oh, like, they don't. Do you guys lift the seat if you're at a bar or like every a time with, with my shoe? Not I'm, even. I, fucking, I don't even think about that. I'm a respectful I'm, human. You fucking savages. Not at, not at Friday, Saturday night. You're not. I'll say this: if it's already full of piss. Yeah. If it's already full of piss, I, the damage is done. Like, you're not doing any more damage, and you're probably not going to be doing any damage at all. But if oh, it's already yeah. a clean seat, I'm still not touching it. I'm going to do the Trevor move. I'm going to yeah. lift it up with my shoe, not be the first one to cause damage. But if it's already there, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. if, if, what if, psycho takes a shit at a bar, though? Thank you. If you, guys, if you guys are, yeah, you guys are fucked. There, there's a time where you have to yes. take a shit. I mean, there's 100%. If you're taking a shit at basement bar, you deserve to be sitting on twelve guys' fucking piss drops. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking a fat dump at the Loop in the North Loop. Oh the Loop yeah, has some nice bathrooms though. They, yeah, those are top yeah. bathrooms. Yeah. Of, of the bars. That's yeah. Like right. I'm one, telling two. you this. You go you go out next time and you have like five or six espresso martinis, a little bit of caffeine in you, and it's gonna come out eventually. It's there's there's no stop. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking spraying that toilet after espresso martinis. Oh my god! And then I'm and then I'm nesting and then I'm nest in those bars. I'm nesting like three layers and then I'm just sitting down and I'm like, this is kind of nice actually. It's clean. <laughs> I got three layers underneath me. That's what nesting is. I was gonna ask what nesting was, but yeah, I, put, I, put it, I put it together a little after, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about I'll, either. I'll stick up for the ladies a little bit here too. The clothes that they're wearing out to these bars to look as good as they do, they take an hour to get off and get back on. You've got <laughs> oh, yeah. like 
you know, rompers and jumpers and fucking suits. Yeah, they got those shirts that snap underneath. They got those shirts that snap underneath that kind of serve as underwear. Can you imagine wearing that shit? Jesus. No, it's a whole ordeal. More power to them. I respect it. And like I said, they look good doing it. But holy man, would that be annoying to be a woman? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that would would suck. Count our lucky stars. Yeah. (laughs) Does anyone have, does anyone else have any topics to bring up yeah or, uh... i got one i'll make it as quick as possible um it, it could be a full half hour conversation about just how spatially unaware humans are in general today especially when their head is buried in their phone but i'll limit it specifically to parking lots if you are walking down the center of the lane in a parking lot or even walking diagonally in a parking lot and there's a car waiting behind you you're an asshole that doesn't deserve to be out in public walk perpendicular across all these lots <laughs> Make it as quick as possible. Don't be an idiot. Just, it's so fucking simple, and I don't understand why people can't do it. That is such a good point to bring up. I fucking get, I shouldn't get pissed at this stuff, but I, I'm just, like, looking at, it's like, it's like when I'm walking, even at the grocery store, someone's in the middle of the aisle, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're, like, yeah, walking get it. At, you're walking at 0.5 miles an hour, like, looking at shit in the middle of the aisle, and I can't, like, walk past you, like, do you have any awareness whatsoever? Like, are you the only person in here? I think I think one of the worst ones for me is when they're walking across the crosswalk. I always, like, if I see a car, if it's a busy street or whatever, and they give you the, the white hand or whatever to walk, or the white walking people, yeah, what? take whatever. <laughs> He's saying the walk symbol, not the, the red symbol. hand. Oh, yeah. you gotta <laughs> The white walking people. I'm yeah, like, no, what sorry. are we yeah, talking no, about? No. <laughs> sorry, I had a gummy before, so my words are coming off. <laughs> I, I got you. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, anyway, but if it's like a if, if if it's like a side street or whatever, and you pull up to a stop sign and there's a person that's walking across and they don't put a little hop in their step and they just walk slowly in front of your car, I want to get out and just beat the absolute piss out of whoever that is. Well, I'll say this. Every time I go in front of a car, I do a little like, uh, like, uh, uh, like a guy from uh, Wedding Crashers, little, the, the jog. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I, yes. I, I get a little yip in my step. You have 100%. Yes. Every every time you even even if you got a walk lane and it's you know it's it's completely the white walk man like old said, and you're walking across the street, but you notice someone's waiting to turn left for you to pass. Like yeah. I'll get a little pep in my step. Well, when I'm turning left, people are just like they see me and they're just like, oh, time to pull out the phone and send a tweet and just stand here. It's like it feels like they, they stop and fucking tie their shoe right in front of me every yeah. single time. I just want to fucking bury him with my front. Fender. That's like the like when when two people are in front of you on the sidewalk, walking side by side, taking up the whole sidewalk. Oh, yeah. I like I like feel uncomfortable. I'm like I'm like I'm like right up on them. I'm like, when are you gonna notice me? Please God, don't make me say something. That's where I start dragging my feet and making yeah. as much fucking noise as possible. Yeah, I'll so like, like clear like, my throat. Every every single one of these we brought up, Mace's face and reaction is fucking hilarious. It like it, it, it like strikes a nerve with him, and it's the funniest thing ever. I will say this one by far is my biggest pet peeve. People are so goddamn oblivious when they walk. I don't, who the hell raised these people? Yeah, like, it's, um, I don't know, man. 
Oh, I went to New York earlier in the year. Oh, I, I don't know if I'll ever go back. It was so bad. Man, it's horrible. And it, the, the worst, like, if I'm honest to God, if I'm walking in front of somebody and I feel them, you can feel people are behind you. Like, yeah. I, I, I look back and I see this guy humming. Like, I pull over and pretend I'm doing something and let the guy fucking pass. Oh, you know, yeah. just have, like, some de- decency in your life. Or like if you're walking with a group and you see one person coming at you the other way, hop in a single file line and let that person pass. There's been so many times I've had to trudge through the snow or fucking, yeah. oh God, it's so annoying. There's oh just no God. awareness there whatsoever by some people. And um, I don't know why I thought about this, but it kind of goes online with the walking thing and in stores. So when you're walking up to a gas station and you know, like, you see someone else coming like beside you, like kind of a little bit away from you, but it's that awkward, it's that awkward distance to where you're like, should I hold the door for him or should I just walk in? You know, like, like it's like you like always make a call, like you like look back and you're like, fuck, they're close, but like if I open the door for like this long, then they're gonna have to jog and it's like, do they want me to hold the door? But then I, but then I'll just walk in and not open it, and then he opens it like quicker than I thought he would, and then I'm like, "Fuck, my dick! Like, what a fuck! Like that's a tough call. Like there should be a rule there, like how how many feet away or like what to do because it's always like a judgment call, and I never know what to do. I think if you look at him and there's eye contact, you you're stuck. You gotta hold the door. Yeah. I think you if you're if you know there are people behind you, you just gotta open it and not look. Then you're not you're not an asshole. Yeah. If, you, yeah, if you look back, then it's you got to hold it. Just yeah, like <laughs> I, I think I think one of the most awkward things in the world too is when you when you're coming in and they're coming out and you grab the door and open it and then they just use the other door. They just push through the other door. And you're just oh, yeah, you're standing on the side like oh, okay, I'll go in. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and then you walk in the store and you're like fucking asshole. I held the fucking door. <laughs> You're pissed? Like, I'm not fucking holding the door next time. <laughs> and, like, if yeah, someone's holding the door for you and you're not putting, like, the pep in your step to get going, like, come yes. on. Like, yes. they're making a courtesy for you. The least you can do is at least, like, get there a little yeah. quicker. Yeah. And also, I was just, I just drove in the cities this weekend, and I remember on the past episode you were talking about how people on the interstate don't have cruise control. Oh my god! I, I fucking passed this car eight times. I went. I was going the same speed the entire time. They pat. I passed them. They would pass me, and then I'd catch up to them and pass them. Like, what are you doing? Are you it, a fucking idiot? It fucking drives me up a wall. I hope Shelby listens to this exact point in the episode because I'll be driving and I try and keep a fucking straight head. But if I see a guy that passes me, I'm like, oh, shit, that guy's going fast. But I remember that fucking car. And then all of a sudden, two miles down the road, I'm passing that guy. And I haven't left up on my cruise control. I haven't gone any faster. And he's in the right lane. You pass him and you get back. And then all of a sudden he goes, boom. It, I swear to fuck, dude. If you do that again, I'll fucking, oh. And then how about these people who sit in the left lane? There's no one in the right lane for 10 miles. And they won't get over and they're going 10. It's like, are you, do you not, are you, what, what are you doing? I mean, they just must not understand and they might be foreign or something, but it's like every American should know, like, 
you do not just sit in the left lane. One, for cop purposes, like if a cop sees you in the left lane, they're like, this fucker's speeding. If they see you in the right lane going 90, they're like, he's going the speed limit. I mean, he's in the right lane. Like, what what are you thinking being in the left lane? Just. I, I don't. I and you see me. Head. You I see me passing you on the right side, and I always look. I always look. I always look over at these people. I'm just like, right into their soul. I, I'm literally, and you know, sometimes I feel bad. It's the granny with the black fucking every granny <laughs> black fucking the goggles on, and you look over, and she's doing one of these, and she's like three feet tall, like just withering, just withering away, and you're just like, but then you fucking rip by, and it's some fucking jackass and oh i hate those whenever i see it's a kid you know under the age of 30 or under the age of 70 someone that's you know looks like they're from america i'm pissed i'm like you motherfucker like what are you doing and we we all know this it's not taught in school but it's just a general knowledge fact that everyone knows to be in the right lane you don't sit in the left lane like a fucking idiot um but yeah that i just had so many of those experiences driving back to the cities and back. I just had to bring that up because I know you talked about that earlier. And yeah, it just fucking pissed me off. I was just like, it was like eight it's, times. It was, it's, it's, it was ridiculous. It's like the zip, the zipper merge. We talked I was hoping you wouldn't fucking bring it up, man. Yeah. The <laughs> oh zipper merge. We brought we brought this up on an earlier. If if you if if it is stop and go traffic. And the on lane or the on ramp has fucking 10 cars. It is one, 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 one. The people that fucking go hero mode and don't let people in are fucking assholes. I agree. It's the same thing. Like you'll notice just on a normal street, you're passing someone like you're about to pass them. And then you see them speed up to your speed. It's like, what is this, a fucking competition, buddy? Like, what are you, pissed I'm driving faster than you? Like, why is this, why are you getting pissed at me for driving faster than you? Like, you have to speed up. Now I have to get in the right lane again behind you. It's like, what are you doing? It just. I'm pissed. I'm pissed we're talking about it. Let's let's move on. Let's get on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting legitimately irritated. Like, I want to sucky my fucking computer right now. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the uh, we'll move on to the nail gun of the week here. Um, I know I said I'd mention some from our listeners. We didn't, you know, a lot of them were Al Pearson from last last weekend uh, making the Sioux game. Not last week, the, the prior weekend. Um, but I did have a few. Does anyone want to start us off with their nail gun of the week? Yeah, I'll go quickly. Um, my fucking mailman, bro. This guy's out here. In minus 20 degrees, walking house to house. And he's he's not like a mailman. You know, he doesn't put his AirPods in or whatever. Like, everybody he sees, he's talking to. He's making – I was fixing my battery out there, and he stood there for five minutes in the freezing – I was outside for, like, two minutes, and he had walked down the whole block, like, the last 30 minutes. And he sits and he talks with me for five minutes, like, nothing's going on. Absolute nail gun, my uh, mailman. I forget his name though already. So you know, you know his name. Yeah, he t- he told me his name, but I gotta remember it. Yeah, shout out to that guy. I've yeah. I've been when I was younger. It wasn't a mailman, but I was delivering papers at like you know eighth grade or something. My parents were driving me around, and then I would go from street to street on on foot, you know, handing out these Duluth News Tribunes to God knows who in Piedmont, and 
it was a nightmare when it was cold out. And when you saw another person, it was like the bright spot of your day, especially if they wanted to just say, hey, what's up? Here's a fucking cookie or a hot chocolate or something. It's just like there's are other people alive and awake at this time. And the ones yes. that are like nice, they are the best people on the planet. And you get a cranky curmudgeoning one every once in a while. And, you know, I get it. They're doing their job. It's part of their, you know, their, their nine to five or I guess for them way earlier, but it's their job. But the nice ones are a difference maker. Like yeah. it is great. No. Yeah. That's, that's a great call. Also there with the nail gun of the week, the mailmen, the male women too. There's a lot of women doing it nowadays. Um, shout out to them. I actually love male people. Most of them are very friendly people. Um, you can talk to them. You know, the person coming to your house, you usually get to know them a little bit. Well, we have a male woman that comes to our office in Golden Valley. Um, and she's been coming there for the past two years. She has yet to say a single word to anyone in our office in all of two years. So she'll come in, drop the mail off, and just walk out. And a lot of the times we'll see her and be like, hey, how's it going? Nothing. No headphones in, just <laughs> walks out. It's kind of nails. It's kind of nails. It's like she doesn't give a shit what I have to say, but it's like – how do you not say like, Hey, how's it going? Like once over two years, like not once we haven't heard her voice once. It's insane. I respect it. <laughs> um, does anyone else have one? Yeah, I'll go real quick. Um, Lou Lamarillo and the New York Islanders front office for making a move on a team that has been struggling to score and has aspirations and needs to really win now based on how they're built needs a little bit of excitement bringing in Bo Horvat and trading away a couple of pretty good pieces in order to do it, taking a risk. I like teams that do this. I don't like teams that just kind of, you know, fade into mediocrity and are happy with just kind of being included, make some plays. I I love it. I think Bo, and I think Bo Horvat's a guy you do take a chance on because he's a guy like, you know, there's some guys you're like, I don't know if he's going to work out, you know, his work ethic's not there, but like, Bo Horvath's a guy who is – he's an everyday He's there all – he's the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, he's working his bag off every day. Like, that's a guy you don't mind. You're not going to lose no. sleep over trading for that guy because you know, like, he's going to fucking bring it. Well, and he's right. just a good dude. I don't know if you've seen, like, yeah. all, like, his stories and stuff. Like, just an unreal guy from what it, what it seems like. You don't hear yeah, any it's... bad things said about him. It's somebody you want in your locker room, and that's a locker room that kind of needs it right now. So it's it's somebody who's been on a really bad team for the last you know two years, really, but this year specifically, and he's out there, like you said, working his bag off and just putting up numbers still, and doesn't have a lot of help to do it. So going there, he's going to have a lot, you know, more of a supporting cast, and it's I, in my opinion, there's no way it doesn't work out. No, I I think that's a great trade. Um, good call, Veach. Good call. Anyone else? Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'll. I'll. Uh, I came in a little unprepared, but just off the top of my head, I don't know if you guys saw the guy that was nose to nose with Joey Bosa, telling him how bad he is at just about everything. <laughs> I mean, the level of drunkness that this Philly fan had to have been at to feel, <laughs> to feel, to feel confident enough to say the things that he said to Joey Bosa, maybe the most. He's one of the scariest dudes in America right like, now. Like, has probably the worst anger management in the NFL. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And he, he just, like, he alpha him. 
Oh yeah. yeah. To the point where uh, Joey Bosa is called saying like throwing out the butt buddies chirp to like his Snapchat friends. And, <laughs> oh. You know, talking about how much more money he has than him. Pulled out all yeah. the classics. When, whenever, whenever you have to, whenever you have to pull out, oh yeah, well, I have more money yeah. than you. You know you lost. <laughs> you that's lost. like an automatic loss. <laughs> that, that's you the same thing. Out. Yeah, that's the Go same ahead. thing as do you know who my daddy is? Like yeah. they're equivalent. <laughs> yeah. oh those kids, those kids in fucking elementary school, like, oh yeah, well my dad could beat up your dad. Like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> sick buddy. <laughs> I just thought that was unbelievable in the balls that that would take. I mean, I wouldn't say that to like someone half my size, and he's right. going to nose to nose with Joey Bosa. I just, I mean, that's that's the definition of nails or stupidity. Yeah. Maybe they're one in the Probably same. A little they, are. <laughs> they are. They are kind of one in the same. <laughs> Mace, what do you got for us? Um, so my first one's gonna be BJ Hill, that guy in Cincinnati who is standing up for that one guy during the interview. I thought that was pretty sick. Just said fuck you to all the reporters. Um, and then second one, I'm going with the X Games. Uh the X Games was this past weekend, and one of the events was the special Olympics X Games or something like that. Uh, and it was the first time they'd ever done it. And the way they did it is that every Special Olympics athlete was doing their run with an X Games athlete. And, like, Young Gravy showed uh, up, too. So, like, all oh, these, sweet. like, Special Olympics athletes had these, like, professionals with them. You could tell the kids were having a great time. And I oh, thought yeah. that was really sick to see. Unreal. Yeah. Great call. Um, all right. I'll go. I've got a couple from... Like I said, a lot of them picked Al Pearson. Um, I've got one from Two Tone D on Twitter. I don't know his name. His Twitter handle is Two Tone D. Um, he said, "I nominate Comrade Watts as the can as the canna, candy ass of the year for always having his hand in my pocket." I'm I'm assuming he's talking about uh, uh, Governor Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he goes with Schmaltzy, Nick Schmaltz, for having uh, his first Hattie in the NHL. I Pretty like cool. that. Yep, I would like that. Is that that's a good one as well. Um, hats off to Schmaltzy there. Uh, hell of a player, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. And then uh, it's funny <laughs> enough, my my nail gun of the week kind of has a has to do with the backflip as well. But Rupp Johnson sent me his nail gun of the week. Um, it's a you Mary out in. Uh, North Dakota wrestler. So this wrestler, I watched the clip. He's getting tied up. He gets his leg lifted in the air. And to get out of this guy's going to take him down with his leg in the air to get out of this, this high school wrestler does a backflip mid mid match backflips off one leg lands it and then takes the other guy down. Like it was the sickest. It, if you see the video, um, I've retweeted it. I think it's, it's insane. It's like, and then, the, and then, you know, the, the news stations around the area interviewed him like, what were you thinking here? And he's like, well, I just didn't have another way out of it. So I thought I'd backflip out of it. It's like, that's like, can you imagine having that in your mind? Like I got a backflip to get out of this one <laughs> on one leg. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so hell of a call there, Rupp Johnson on the, uh, no good in the week. And then mine um, was Surya Bonnelly, uh, figure skater back in the day. 
She does a backflip skating. Yeah. Right up, right to start her routine, skating backwards, backflip on skates, lands on one leg. You're you're uh, you're you're going off losers off Netflix. You're watching losers on Netflix, aren't you? Was, no, I got that from Twitter. Oh, that's on Netflix. Is it losers? It's sick. Oh my, I couldn't like you watch that, you're like, what the fuck did she just do? Yeah, it's like a it's like a band move. You can't do it, and she would just do it at every event just to say that she could. It's insane. Like yeah. it's nuts watching. You're like, how did you pull that off? But that is <laughs> straight nails. Yeah. Um. But uh, now we'll, I guess we'll move on to our candy asses of the week. Does anyone have any candy asses of the week here? We already talked about it. Joey Bosa was my candy ass of the week. I, I mean, think that's that a was great one. Unreal video. He was just, he came out looking even worse than he did going in, and everybody was kind of chirping him for his performance and inability to keep his cool. So I, I think that was no brainer. When when he was he was up in the box, right? I saw a video of him up in the box too, and fans are just giving it to him. That guy probably had the worst day ever. Oh yeah. Like if you're if you're I mean, I we all know a couple guys like Joey Bosa. They're just fucking idiots that can't help themselves. It's like, if you're Joey Bosa, you're one of the better players in the NFL. You're worth millions. Why are you even getting riled up over what some dumbass fans are saying to you? Like, how do you not just look at them and laugh? Like, yeah. What are you, why are you even responding? You are such an idiot if you respond. That's exactly what you what the people want. That's the power That's of just, Philly fans, man. They get on yeah. your skin like no one else. Yeah. No, and I and, and people and people hate Philly fans. I get it. They are kind of fucking scumbags a little bit, but. <laughs> I respect, like, you know, when I look at Minnesota Vikings fans and I think of our level of passion, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, we don't even have half the passion of these Eagles fans. Like, they're climbing light poles and, like, they deserve, like, can you imagine their stadium compared to ours? It's got to be way more insane because Minnesota people are nice. They're, they're grounded. They're not doing any of that shit. Maybe that's something you need out of your fans to fucking, you know, separate yourselves because I respect their passion. I mean, they're insane. That's their whole life, you know, and they're all, you know, Jalen Hurts comes out the fly, Eagles fly, onward to victory, and the whole stadium knows the entire song. It's like, you guys are nerds. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time in history Philly fans have been called nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are nerds <laughs> but it, it's it's cool to see the passion i mean they they clearly love it more than a lot of other fan bases and i mean yeah they're pricks about it but what fans aren't pricks like you know i always get this omaha fans hate when north dakota goes to town and they're like well they're so disrespectful you know there's a guy that got kicked out and it's like yeah that's because you know north dakota's bringing thousands of people into town where Miami's bringing maybe 20, you know, like that's why you notice North Dakota fans and you don't notice Western and Miami fans because none of them are coming to Omaha to watch. And that's why you think we're all pricks, but we're not. But yeah, there's a few, like there's a few bad apples in every group. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, when I see these, when I see the there, Gager, I love that. When I see the Eagles fans, though, I just get, I'm just like, 
God, I wish we, I wish us Minnesota Vikings fans would get a little like that. I wish people didn't want to come to watch their team in Minnesota because we'd fucking run them out of town, just like the Eagles fans do. I mean, can you imagine? I would never, ever go to Philadelphia to watch the Vikings or my away team play the Eagles in the playoffs. Like, I'm not dealing with those fans. No chance. But I'll go to a Vikings game if I'm a Cowboys fan or something. Like, Packers fan? Like, yeah, I'll wear my Rodgers jersey there. No one's going to say shit. They're Vikings fans. Minnesota nice. Yeah, so I'm... <laughs> I, hey, for the record, Gage, hey, for the record, I agree with you. I was just having this conversation with the guys at the house during the bachelor party. That's what's missing from Minnesota sports. We are passionate, but like we're too nice about a lot of stuff. And like that too energy nice. gets sucked out of the building the second yeah. you're down. You can't yeah. brag anymore. And we don't resort to like name calling or any of this other stuff. So it just gets quiet. So I agree with you. There's a middle ground there, but there needs to be a little bit more. Yes, from Minnesota. I, I guess, you know, I didn't really have a candy ass of the week, but I'll say Minnesota sports fans. You're the candy asses of the week. Fucking toughen up. Start making it hard on these fucking opposing fans coming out of town. You know, I want some, I want some penguins fans showing up to the XL and just getting ran out of there. <laughs> I, you know, I want some, I want some Packers fans maybe getting tossed in a trash can or something. By, by the way, bank. I know who my candy ass of the week. I saw a video of a guy with a damn near broken face, a Niners fan, laying on the on the sidewalk in Philly, and a guy has the audacity to take out his phone, videotape him, and then you know ask, "Are you okay?" And it shows his face, and it looks like twelve guys beat the shit out of him. And the guy recording just walks away, and he's like, "Man, that guy's fucked up." <laughs> no, that's what I think. That's what I think's wrong nowadays is everyone just wants to videotape shit instead of <laughs> stepping in and stopping it. It's like, yeah. it, it, it goes to the bully thing. Like people are videotaping bullies, making fun of kids. It's like, put your phone down and fucking step in. Yeah. You know, like it yeah. pisses me off. Um, well, I'll go, I'll go with my candy. Ass. Please. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be stealing gauges, but I guess I'll, I'll take this one. I think Trevor Zegras can be named candy ass of the week. I can't stand the fucking guy and the NHL just babies him. They have made him the poster child for no reason at all for scoring 50 points a year. And I'm not saying like, yes, that's a, that's a phenomenal season in the NHL but to be the poster child you got McDavid with 90 points in 50 games and you're blowing Trevor Zegras up and the shit he it came out that he didn't actually say the shit that everyone tried to read his lips saying but like I just think the guy's a loser and I would have loved if Stetch beat the shit out of him we, we had this discussion a little bit before um, you know, you always get in those heated matches and there are, there are things that you say that you regret, but I mean, there's also a line too, where you just shouldn't even like go to, and I, was one, and I was one of those people that read his lips and knowing, knowing Stetchy's past, it just made that connection easier. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's yeah. clear, it's clear that he says something pretty fucked up to him. Because Stetchy doesn't get on fumes like that very often. Um, and the fact that they say, oh, he didn't say this, but then they don't come out and say what he actually said, that just means that it was something that 
Yeah. Yeah, I I did overreact a little bit when I first saw it. I, you know, obviously thought he said something else. Well, I saw Stetch's reaction, so I knew something bad was said. Um, But I did talk to Stetch and ask him. He kind of told me. He didn't really tell me exactly what he said, but he said he kind of crossed the line with with some family stuff and um, talking about his girlfriend or wife. Um, To me... To me, like, I know shit does get said for sure um, over the line, you know, like that. Like, do I hate Trevor Zegras now? No, I don't hate him. Um, I think stuff does. But am I a fan of his now? Like, probably not. Yeah. Because I don't I don't respect, you know, I was on, I played too, and I had guys, you know, chirping some things on the ice where, you know, like, if your buddy, if your teammate's chirping a guy and comes back, you're like, you're on your teammate's side. Well, if I had some teammates, you know, throughout the years that would chirp, you know, a little over the line stuff, personal stuff that didn't have to do with the player, really. You know, like you're chirping outside things um, and things they can't really control. And to me, that, that was even when my teammates would do it, I would just be like, you know what, you're on your own. Like, I'm not, if you get jumped by these guys, like, I'm not stepping in. Like, you chose to say that I'd, I've never said I've never went that that route before when chirping I don't think it has anything to do with like you know if Zegra's chirping his wife or his family or whatever it's like those are those to me you know I and I have a pretty far line my line's really out there you can really say a lot of things um but when it gets like that and it gets personal and it gets with in between family it's like that's when I draw the line and it's like that's you know what, you're, you're a piece of shit. Like, why are you saying that? You know, like Zegra, you're chirping Troy Stetcher. You're one of the NHL poster boys. Like Jude said, you're an absolute stud. There's not much you need to say to Stetch to, you know, like you already, you're already like a superstar. Stetch is a, you know, he's an NHL player, but he's, you know, he's second, third pair on the, on D and like, it's like, dude, you just got to know, like, you're not really competing with this guy. You don't have to go personal with it. And obviously being Stetch's, one of Stetch's buddies, like, it, it pissed me off. And I still am pissed off a little bit that, you know, he would, he would go that far to make Stetch that pissed. But, uh, yeah, that is the game. And shit gets said that people don't mean, you know, people say stuff all the time that they don't necessarily mean. They just get a little too heated up. And that happens, you know, like I've, I've, it's, it's happened with me you, before, you, even in your relationship when you're, you know, your girlfriend, you're getting pissed off and you say something like, you know, she's going to get pissed at. And after you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I probably shouldn't have brought that up. But like, fuck. Well, but that, but he's saying it comfortably behind two referees and yeah. doesn't, doesn't even attempt to like back up what he says. Yeah. He doesn't even 100%. try to like, so that's where I had the, the issue. Like Stetch clearly is like reaching for him, trying to fucking kill him. And he's like, take me to the box as fast as you can. Like, and then he's, and then once he's in the box, that's when he's like telling him to come on. I think, I think he's a the biggest loser that, (laughs) but one of the biggest losers in the league. I don't, I can't stand the fucking guy. He's all bark, (laughs) no bites. I I would pay to see him drop the gloves against even like a mediocre (laughs) fighter or big man out there. He just won't do it. No. As he shouldn't, though, he would get in. He would get murdered. He would get out. Like he's small for like the NHL in general, and he's a skilled player. Don't get me wrong, 
one of the best hands in the league. I get it. And that's where you kind of develop that personality. But like he's been there for a cup of coffee at this point in terms of how long the NHL has been around. Like know your place a little bit. Don't run your mouth that much. Like it doesn't have to be that way. You just look like a dick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, it's just a bad look, but uh, he is young. You know, that's why I give him the benefit of the doubt. The kid should probably still be in college. He's a young, dumb kid. He doesn't necessarily have that respect for a guy who's played, you know, six, seven years in the national, um, which I think, you know, to me, like I'm never chirping some guy who's a national league player. Cause it's like, this guy is, he's fucking earned his way. Right. Like I'm not saying shit to this guy. Yeah. It's just that, you know, I'll, I'll get a nice little jab in here. That's just that East coast <laughs> hockey mentality. They just don't know their manners. That is, that's what I've learned a little bit too. Every time, I've played a lot of Western teams um, and the chirps are always, they're more centralized on your game and who you are on the ice. And then when you get a little more to the East coast and you play the BUs, the BCs, there tends to be a little bit more chirping based on personal things that bother me a little bit, but I think that's just how the culture is out East a little bit. They don't care as much. Yeah. Um. But no, well, that was a good candy-ass section there. Um, I got one quick in. one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead, the Miami broadcast. I don't know what kind of amateur hour fucking bring your kids to work day that was, but that was one of the worst. Actually, probably the worst sports broadcast I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, I don't know. Like, the, it looked they like won it the championship. It looked like it was filmed on an iPhone. Yeah, it was shit. It was so bad. Like, I mean, they've won the tournament in the last 20 years. I don't know why they don't have a good enough media production. Like, yeah. oh, I'm, in, I'm in no position to be throwing stones um, with UMD's cameras looking like they're from 1980 and like older grainy footage. They've got decent camera angles. But yeah, that Miami one is, is pretty brutal from where everything's kind of, of filmed from. It's terrible. I agree. And then I would like to shout out Alex Heinert on CBS. He's the North Dakota guy at Midco. Just recently, I think this year, the past year, started working at CBS for those games. Um, that guy, that guy is an absolute stud. He is so dialed in on those games. He, throughout the game, he has so many stats and so many facts about guys that you can tell he has put in so much preparation work before the game. He knows he knows every player's last name whenever they touch the puck, no matter what. I mean, it's just like he is so dialed in. It's just incredible to me. And I gotta I gotta tip my cap to that guy because you know, I know how hard that job would be just with memory and coming up with, you know, different different comments to talk about. And he just he brings up the some some really cool facts on guys and he gets fired up when goals are scored. Doesn't matter if you know, and he's a UND guy, and he gets fired up when you know the away team scores against UND. It's he just makes the game better to watch, and he's dialed in. And I'm almost sad that he's so good because I know he will be done at UND shortly because he'll be moving on to bigger and better things. But I had to shout him out because um, he just does a tremendous job on there. Um, but let's get a let's move on and let, let's talk a little bit about Jude here. Um, and Jude, I know this week's kind of been a tough week for you with your grandpa passing Bobby Hull. 
Um, but I did want to get into this a little bit. You know, you're the, you're the, you're the grandson of Bobby Hole. You're the son of Brett Hole. Um, two of the best goal scorers to ever play the game of ice hockey. And then what I really wanted to ask you was, you know, you've got the best goal scoring bloodline in the world, probably. And you chose to play goalie. How does this come about when you're growing up, you chose to strap the pads on and play goalie. Like I can imagine Brett's like uh Brett or Jude, what are you, what are you doing here? Do, do you realize um, the hot hand that our family has here? Um, so this is like obviously a very common question that I have to answer. And I've, um, I try and give a different answer every time, like in, in just like small details and like, you know, like it, it wasn't just like a one moment, like this was what I was meant to do. Um, you know, it kind of just kind of, um, you know, it manifested over time. I like when, when we were in Dallas, my dad was in the playoffs my favorite player on the stars was Eddie Belfour. And I would, I would get the, the little bin that would hold all my toys. I'd dump it all out and I would um, have my little knee hockey stick and I would reenact like saves that I would watch Eddie Belfour make. Um, so that started it. Like, obviously I was out like playing street hockey. I wasn't, I wasn't playing goalie. I was, I was kind of just whatever, but like I was always fascinated with Eddie Belfour. Fast forward to me, um, move into Minnesota. My parents get divorced. Uh, me and my sisters moved to Duluth for a year with my mom and then to, to Stillwater, um, where we've, uh, my mom has been since. Um, and I started out as a forward in youth hockey and I was just kind of a lazy kid. Um, and you know, I, that's when I, they stuck me in goalie and I kind of just, I kind of just, I kind of just liked it. I'm like, Oh, this isn't bad. I, you know, less skating. I, I just kind of have to, you know, back then I was working on like the, like my kick saves standing up, you know, goal, yeah. goalie coaches weren't exactly the, the, the crazy, you know, specific like uh, detailed people they are today. Um, and you know, it was just funny. I, I, I just stuck with it. And, um, I don't know, uh, the older I got the, you know, it, it took me a little bit to, you know, realize like that I could be okay. I, you know, I wasn't anything special. I played, I ended up playing division three hockey. So obviously it wasn't, wasn't the best, but I wasn't the worst. Um, and I had a couple coaches along the way really kind of, you know, hit me with the reality check and be like, Hey, like you can't go your summers without, without skating once, which is what I was doing. Like I was, I just never really like, I loved hockey. I love the sport of hockey, but I never had the commitment to like my, to better myself, which like, obviously looking back on it, I wish wasn't the case. I also think had I lived with my dad, I would have not have been a goalie. I think if I had been around my dad, for my whole childhood and watched him play and like was at the rink 24 seven. I think I would have been a forward to, like, and this might sound a little like it might piss you and gauge your awfuls, but like, I truly think that I could have at least played division one, you know, like you've seen me play forward as like a goalie. I'm yeah. all right. like, I'm all right. So like, and like, obviously hindsight 2020 and everything, but like, you know, now looking back on it, it, I, yeah. 
I, I've always said it was the biggest regret of my life, but I shouldn't really say that because I ended up playing three great years at St. Olaf and met some of the best guys ever and had the most fun playing hockey there. And it was, uh, you know, there was something about the position that just like grew on me the older I got. Like I loved the ability to steal a game. No one else on the team can steal a game except for the goalie. Yeah. I was always on bat, like bad to like, you know, middle of the pack teams. And I, uh, when I stole a game, man, I, I felt like I was on top of the world. I had a couple games in college against like St. John's where the shots would be like 20 to two St. John's and we'd be up one zero going into the second period. And we'd end up winning like four to two. I'd, I'd have like 50 saves and be like, like you couldn't take that away from me. I, I kind of just felt like the man. So I, it, it, it turned into like the, the best feeling, the best position ever to me in my eyes. But like, I don't know. I never really like, I don't know. I would, I would agree. I would agree with you. And I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You got, I've always been jealous of goalies when they do steal the game and they do have an unbelievable game. Cause it's like that feeling has to be so fucking good right now. Cause like I know playing hockey, I never once had that feeling like, not when I was younger, when I was older, like I never felt like, oh, like I won that game for us. Like not once. Yeah. But the goalie, like you're right. Like you get that feeling. It's so, it's so high risk, high reward. It's like you either lost the game for the team or you won it for us. And there's almost no in between, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Um, like, a, like that statement, though, like even if you technically like, yeah, you let in goals, but like you could, you could be hung out to dry and you're still taking the blame. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So, that, so it's like the most mentally, like you're in a, your mind's in a pretzel. Like some, some, you know, coaches are coaches are I've learned are like, you know, I, coaches are coaches, you know, maybe they make some, some irrational like decisions that just don't make sense at all. Like you could have the game of your life and then the next game you're you're sitting on the bench and you're like what did i do wrong Dean you know? Blaise. yeah and that was like my that was my goal or uh, my coach in at college or my first two years at, at olaf um just a fucking tyrant the worst guy ever <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like uh like like even like in a shootout or an overtime making a big odd man rush save watching the play develop the other way and like you know, scoring or like, it's, man, it it is, it's, it's an indescribable feeling for sure that, you know, I obviously only gets, I can only imagine the feeling at the division one level, the college and pro like the the pro level at at any level, it's, it, it just gets better. The, the higher the stakes are. But, but Jude, you did, I mean, for anyone to make it D3, like, you know, I know we, I know Olsen, I played D1, whatever in, in, even to make a D three is you're you're an incredible hockey player, and especially for goalies, there's 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 one spot to play goalie on each team. You know, like that's like the most competitive position. You know, even if you know you only have one guy, if he plays well, you're not you're out. If he plays well, you're out. Like as a defenseman, I'm watching six guys. If one of them plays bad, you know, I'm going in or whatever. Like, you know, it's. it's it's insane, and, and the goalie position is just, you know, to even play D3, I mean, you're obviously a very good player, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it would it would have been it would have been so much fun to watch you as a forward or something because you know, you would have had to have been just been a fucking you had to have been just tucking pucks left and right. I mean, it's it's in the bloodline, right? Like it's it's just in the bloodline. I uh, yeah, dude. I, like for some reason, like maybe not for some reason, but like I I've always been able to just like naturally like shoot the puck. I can shoot the puck pretty far, like. Okay. And, uh, you know, like it, when I was playing at St. Paul Academy in, in high school, there were a couple of times where we'd play a, a bad team and they'd throw me in forward. And I, Joe Dietzik was my coach at the time. And he had me practicing like at the point for a one-timer on the power play and guys like on the team were like, uh, like, what the fuck <laughs> you know like i'm like i'm like i can't really skate my edges are horrible you know i got the goalie strides a little bit uh but like my first game playing it was like three apples it was, obviously it was a terrible team but like it's just funny like <laughs> something that's just kind of always it's it's in my blood like growing up like i've coached a lot um and i found like goalie coaches because you're just shooting all day they have some of just like the hardest, oh, yeah. nastiest oh, yeah. shots. So that's kind of what's happened for me is like, I've, I'm just really good at the whole, the stationary shooting, put a, puck in, <laughs> put a stick and puck in my hand. And I'm like, I'm ripping that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. Uh, well, I mean, like Jude, what's it, I mean, what's it like, you know, none of us know. I mean, your dad and obviously your grandfather, um, but your dad, who you're closer with, obviously, and, and I mean, what's it like growing up with one of the best hockey players of all time? And just, you know, I mean, it's got to be a huge, like, as a kid, you always want to, like, your, your your dad pushes you to, to do better and you want to be like your dad. And it's like, that's such a huge shadow to be cast on a kid. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And like, how do you, like, react to that as a kid? Uh, yeah, so it's something I've battled with, you know, it's, it's, it obviously has come with like so many perks that, you know, it would, it would take me a long time to just rifle them off. Like, but at the same time, like you're, there's so much pressure from so many different places, including like, like I grew probably up yourself, probably yourself. Mostly yeah. like you're probably thinking in your head, like, look at my dad. I gotta, I gotta live up to his hype. So I, so I, I grew up pretty like oblivious and naive. I, like I said, I grew up with my mom and it wasn't really around my dad. Like I just, I was such a hockey fan. I loved whoever my dad was playing for. My dad wasn't even my favorite player on, on whatever team he played for, you know, like it was yeah. Pavel Datsuk. Then it was, it was, uh, you know, like Brad Richards is just like, it yeah. was all these players and it wasn't like Eddie Belfour with Dallas. Like it was never my dad. So like I, it, as, the older I got, the more I realized and the more the pressure I put on myself, you know, built and built. And I was like, when I was young, like just getting into high school, you know, I was like, I was like, I need to make it to the NHL. Like I, it's just like, there's no other, no other option. And um, to what I was saying earlier about just not having really the commitment, like I was talking to my dad about like possibly going to Shattuck or, you know, transferring to a, a different high school that was a little more hockey oriented. And I was just too big of a pussy 
So I was like, no, I don't want to, like all my friends are at the school. I don't really, I don't want to do that at the end of the day, probably hurt my growth, but you know, I didn't have that commitment. And then I, you know, I, I, it, the dream never really went away until about college. Like my first year junior, I, uh, I was get I went to a main camp in Odessa, uh, through my goalie coach. And the year before that was Connor Hellebuck who just was drafted. I think he was either drafted or he signed in the NHL. And so they're writing an article on me before they had even seen me play about how I'm, I'm Brett Hull's son and I'm going to pick up the mantle and take over Connor. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm reading this like the day or two before uh, the, the tryout starts at main camp. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? That's uh, I don't know. It's just, it was tough. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't end up making the team. And I, I, I was like devastated. I was like, I'm, I, I flew down to Dallas where the camp was and, um, I'm with my mom and my dad's at huge empty house. And I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't know if I want to play hockey anymore. Um, and thankfully I, I, you know, I kept, kept, uh, you know, I didn't quit. And my goalie coach calls me and is like, I got a place for you. It's kind of like an unorthodox, like you've never heard of it before. He's like, what are your thoughts on Bozeman, Montana? And I'm like, I'm like, Fuck I, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what, I don't even Bozeman, Montana. Sure. So I drive out to Bozeman, Montana. I learned that the coach the year prior with like two months uh, remaining in the summer before the season starts, took a new job and took like all the returning guys. So my coach literally was taking whoever he could get. It was the most, like, I didn't know what the hell was happening. <laughs> my first game, my first ever junior hockey game, we lost 15 to one. I was like, <laughs> I, I, and we're in the mountains. So I'm like, I'm still like a little out of shape. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this for a whole season. And I stick with it. I, I had a couple of good guys on the team and it, it, we, we, we would lose on average eight to one, eight to two, you know, but I would call my mom after every game and I'd be like, mom, I made, I like, I can't even tell you how many like grade a like highlight reel saves. It was so fun. And I learned just to like say, it. like I really learned how to get like, I, I got really good at letting goals in. As funny as that sounds, I was really good at it. Like mental, mentally, I was just like, "All right, whatever they scored, I'll I'll make the next save." Um, we end up winning. We we won one game the entire season. I saw like I saw two games back to back. I saw like 90, 92 saves and then seventy six saves or ninety two shots and seventy six shots on goal. You know, it was just like a gong show of a season. Like USA Hockey came in and did an interview on me and did a whole article on. Uh, a, a monthly release and you know it was like a, it ended up being like a great learning experience got to live in Bozeman Montana and you know I was like I was still convinced I'm like you know what I just went through all this I'll make an I'll make an NA team next year and then you know get like division one looks from there I'll I'll get maybe a sniff at a you know a, and yeah you know like so I, I was just like For sure I was just so naive uh, playing Topeka in the NA3 again the next year. And, you know, I think this is kind of where I was like, yeah, all right, I'm not going to make the NHL. And 
<laughs> commit to St. Olaf. And then I really, truly was, it was just like a, you know, for, for a little bit, my freshman year, I hated the coach. Um, and I think a lot of people will say the same thing. I, I mean, I have nightmare stories about him. Um, but like, there was a brief moment where I was like, should I just transfer and like go to school to actually go to school? Um, but no, I, 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 I stuck with it. Um, and I so thankfully, still thankful I did, you know, Mikey came and, uh, coached us my, uh, junior and senior year. And my junior year, I was all conference and I was like, who is that? Mike Eves, you said? I, yeah. Mike Eves. So uh, the, Wisconsin. the Wisconsin coach. Yeah. yeah. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. So his son, his son was our trainer, um, for like, as long as I had been there, um, and he he had a house in in uh, I don't know if it was like Faribault. It, it, it was only like 15 minutes from Northfield, and uh, I don't know if it was like a retirement plan or what. But he he came and was there for three years, and uh, he was great to me. A lot of you know, as coaches are, a lot of guys were you either loved him or you hated him. Um, but he came. He, he he I think his sole his sole intention was to get that eight million dollar rink built. And he, yeah. he got the job done and I missed it by a semester. So I'm pretty bummed about that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was fun. I like, you know, I, I always say to people, you know, if, even if you don't like, even if you don't want to play college hockey or if you don't think you're good enough, I like, I couldn't recommend playing junior hockey more. I think you yeah. grow as a person and you mature, um, you know, it, it was so cool and such a good feeling my freshman year being so much older and like, I would watch people oh, yeah. 18 years old and be like, man, like, that's just like, you're an idiot. Still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are still very I learned old. that two years ago. You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I had a very, I had a very um, unique path to division three hockey and Division three hockey in Minnesota is, a, uh, it's great. There's tons of good competition oh, yeah. and, you know, there's a ton of guys that, you know, are good enough to be on that third and fourth line in, in the division one level. For sure. Um, so I really, you know, uh, with, with my dad and, um, you know, grandpa, it was, you know, it's as, as hard as it is to say out loud and, you know, people will always be like, yeah, you can't think that way. You know, it's, there will always be in the back of my head, you know, like this, like I was a failure, you know, like I let the family name down, you know, I couldn't fill those shoes. And obviously those shoes were mammoth size. Yeah. But so, you've still, you still, you don't have any kids yet. And, and your kids, if you do have a son, he's going to have this in the back of his mind as well. And he might be a sniper himself. So yeah. like, it's not over yet, but yeah, I mean, um, I, th so I think I, I, yeah. I, I want to jump in here just on the last thing that you said there, you know, you felt like you were a failure. I think that a lot of people, even if they make it to the pro level or the, you know, coast AHL, you know, go over to Europe instead of playing pro here, like there's always that thought in your head that you're a failure, yeah. whether, you know, and it's not to minimize, obviously, like you said, you had huge shoes to fill, but like my parents did everything from going to every single tournament, hotels, 
all this. And the whole time in my thought process of, you know, do I want to be done with hockey? Am I enjoying hockey? Am I letting my parents down? My, your, your parents, your parents are just happy that you're happy. Like that's, that's the craziest thing. Like kids don't really understand. Like they put all this pressure from their parents and some parents are very hard and very, you know, like that's, that's definitely a thing, but your parents just want, they're, they're proud of you no matter what. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I can imagine, I mean, you're with being your dad with how prolific he was in the NHL. um, I can imagine, I don't know if this is the case, but you know, like some, some parents are pretty psycho about their kids, you know, being better and putting the time in and um, you know, making it, um, and I think a lot of those parents are just parents who never really made it themselves. And it's kind of their own dream. You know, how was Brett in that sense where, you know, he kind of let you do what you wanted to and let you do, you know, be yourself and do whatever you wanted to, or was, was he kind of putting the pressure on like, Hey, yeah, come on, Jude, like, let's go. Let's fucking. No, he, on, be he was, he was always good. He, uh, you know, like I, like I said, I didn't grow up with him. Um, but like when I was young, I'm, I'm actually, co- so I coach St. Paul Academy, um, now, and one of the, uh, assistant coaches is, uh, an old coach of mine. So he coached me when I was in youth hockey and he's always telling me the story of when I finally was like, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be goalie full time for the, whatever, like, either, I think it was like mites. And he told my dad that, and I guess the next day, I don't remember this, but I guess the next day my dad shows up with like a brand new set of pads for me. So like he never, he, he never put the pressure on me. And I, I would imagine because he knew what it felt like, you know, like he dealt with the exact same thing. Yeah. So I think he tried to do everything in his power to just like, let me do me. And, you know, I honestly, I kind of wish he was a little harder on me. There would have, it would have been nice to like have, have him, you know, show a little interest in my hockey career. It was really just my mom, but, uh, you know, he, he was good. He, most, most NHL, most guys yeah. I know who have kids and are playing, they get it. They, they, get it. they are the most like cool, chill, relaxed. Like they don't want to do any, like, like Brendan Morrow is a good, a good family friend of ours. And like, he, watching him and his son grow up and playing now at a, at a decently high level down in Dallas. Like I know he's not, you know, screaming over the boards. He's just, he's taking them to practice and kind of just watching from the, wherever there's the least amount of people in the stands. And, Isn't, yeah. it, it's, there's always give and take there. Right. Cause like I've had times where my dad was like, go do your thing. Like, I'm just happy to be here. I just want to watch you play. And then I've had times where he's, you know, throw me a jump rope and said, Hey, get outside. And, oh yeah. And you know, the time when you might not be playing very good and your dad's just sitting back there and not really caring. It's like, well, you know, come on, give me something. And then he throws you the jump rope. He's, you know, you go fucking jump rope. Right. Like, yeah. I would have been nice if my mom, you know, took the the PlayStation two controller out of my hand a little more when I was growing up. (laughs) Oh, I'd yeah. be I'd be a little better at hockey and less good at <laughs> video games, but uh, no, yeah, it's uh, yeah, like you said, it's give and take, and you know, some guys just are are more naturally gifted, and you know, I just you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm I was a five eight, one hundred and sixty pound goalie, so like you know, yeah. 
you don't see you don't hear about many five eight goalies making it to run. you can't you can't really make it nowadays. It's almost the most discriminated against position, yeah. huh? Yeah. Well, okay. Where if you're small, you can't like you, there, it's only like okay, he's six foot four, but he's terrible. Doesn't matter. We'll just yep. stick him in net because he's huge. So yep. so my sophomore year, so freshman year uh, at St. Olaf, uh, we had one senior goalie, three freshman goalies. Senior goalie played all but one game. That's fine. Like that's expected. Uh, June, uh, sophomore year comes around. So my coach at, at the time was Sean Goldsworthy. And I don't know if any of you have heard the name. His, his dad played in the mm-hmm. NHL. Uh, or he played for the – I think he played for the North Stars, not the Dallas Stars. But he's, his numbers in, in the rafters in, in Dallas. Um, and I – Sean Goldsworthy and, and Lee Gorin, who's an, a, a NODAC alum, he was our, our assistant coach. Um, he, he, they kind of just named – it was me uh, and then two, two goalies that were like probably six foot, six foot one, and then the other guy was about six four. Exactly what you were saying, though. He couldn't play the game in the position to save his life, but they named him the starting goalie. And I was just, you know, I was like, all right, whatever. Like I'm at some point, these guys are going to recognize that like I'm better than both of them and I'll play more games. So the, the, the more we got into the season, the, the I just, I'm like, that's not going to happen. So I take, I, I grabbed Lee after a game one, one uh, weekend. And I'm like, Lee, like what, is going on like what do i have to do why is he playing over me and he legitimately the words came out of his head uh, out of his mouth and i can promise you it's a word for word what sean golds were they the, the head coach was saying he was playing because he can make the saves like that i can't make in terms of just like going down in a butterfly and like getting a shoulder on it and i'm listening <laughs> i'm listening to him say this while the best goalie in the Mayak is smaller than me. And then the next two years, I am competing with a guy who was maybe an inch taller than me. Like the yeah. best goalies in the Mayak were so far sub six feet. And I'm just like, how is this even like a conversation right now? I that, would listen. Oh. That, that is such a weird thing because you think of, I can think of, a ton of college goalies that are small that were really, really good. Yeah. And you just didn't have anywhere to go after because of the discrimination against small goalies. Dude, it makes no sense. Like, and I do, I totally, I, I do understand the logic, but when like, when you, ha- when you have like somewhat of an equal playing field, like, yeah, the, the bigger guy is going to get the edge. Not when like the other guy just like, can't even make a save. You'd, yeah. You'd, yeah, yeah. you'd have guys coming to the bench being like, I could have made that fucking save. And I'm like sitting there opening the door for him. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, fuck. I agree. I, I think I was just listening to spit and chicklets with Jim Montgomery, just cause um, I'm, I'm fascinated with Jim Montgomery is his path. And um, when he was at DU and then he goes to Dallas and now he's at Boston and they've, they've got the best team in the league. And, he was on Spitting Chicklets just talking about, you know, what he's learned from other coaches and how he coaches. And he's like, you know, when I was playing college or when I was playing pro, um, you know, we, we lost the game. Everyone kind of played bad, but I played one of my better games. And, you know, I know, I know after a loss, like the coach has to change the lineup. You know, that's what, that's something you do as a coach. You change the lineup, you, you switch things up. 
Well, he took me out after, you know, I played a good game and everyone else kind of played bad. And he's like, you know, this guy's not honest. You don't take a guy out who played well. That's where I'm at with this coach thing. And that's why I think Jim Montgomery's had success is, you know, he treats guys, he treats every guy on the team the same, you know, like all the coaches that I've had that aren't, that I don't believe are good coaches. I won't name any names, but they're the coaches who treat the good players differently than the everyone else. You know, you can, and you can visit, you can visibly see it in practice off the rink during games. They treat these good players like they're better than everyone else and they deserve something more. And it's like, just play the best guy. Whoever's playing well, play the best guy. And that'll ultimately make your best players play their best game as well. Um, When you see the favorite favoritism happening, like it, it, like it couldn't like suck the fun out of the game more. 1000%. Oh, like I, just like that's where that's where Goldie was really bad was like he had his guys and there was no deviation there in the lineup every game and we're like those guys should not be in the in in the lineup he's scratching young guys who are f- like good like they're going to be four year yeah. constant players and he's not playing them and i'm like you're he he would tell guys he would tell like the JVE guys that we'd have like we'd have a, a kind of like almost a full JV roster he over recruited to the teeth. Um, but he would, he would talk to these guys in the, in the training room who, who didn't have a sniff and would be like, Hey, we're going to need you this weekend. Like, and he would just play mind games with you. And I was just like, you're not a good person. It it was so just like evil. Like his, it's, it was not a fun environment. And so finally after our sophomore year, I, I couldn't be prouder of the guys. Literally, so we had a roster of like 44 guys. And I think all but four guys signed a petition to get him replaced. And nice. that's that's when Mike Eves came in. And, you know, it, it was obviously an adjustment having a new coach and everything. But, like, man, it was just a change that needed to happen. He was there for like 19 years and, like, won one time in, like, 09 and thought that was, like, he was like he would still to this day talk about how he was like just so the winningest coach ever. It's like here, yeah. <laughs> I got a, I I got a lot of feelings about this guy that I probably should be toning it down, but man, he made my two years at Olaf miserable. I mean, he would he would be okay. Sorry, well I'm gonna one more. Like we'd be on the on the bus on on uh, driving home from a road game after a loss. So this would be our sophomore year. And he would, I would, I would listen to him up at the front. Like, I think the whole bus could hear him talk, talk about how he's like, we're never going to win with a, you know, a tier three goalie. We're never going to win. And I'd be like, you recruited us. Like you're yeah. the one who was like, seeked us out and asked us, uh, half our team was tier three guys. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole Mayak is like eight, 70%, 60% tier three. I'm like, you're, yeah. you're, you're the, you're the, you're just a, bad person oh man <laughs> you're just a really bad person it, it, it drove me crazy yeah. God. Yeah. and it's just it's not fun like it's the the most it's the best sport ever and when it's ruined by one person it's yeah it sucks for sure well jude uh i think uh that'll end it for tonight i guess unless anyone else has got any questions for jude but uh 
Yeah, I got one quick. You, you mentioned that you were watching your dad in Dallas and you you know, you were watching Eddie Belfort was your favorite player. Is that somebody that you felt like you had to model your game after as a smaller goalie? I mean, he was one of the best positional goaltenders of all time. You never found him, you know, leaning one way or another, favoring one side, whereas some of the other guys like uh, Hashik was constantly just, I, I say flopping around like haphazardly, which is a little he bit unfair still, to him. He was, yeah, it was yeah, fun yeah. to watch, but he was right. flopping it was just, around up two completely different styles and then you said you were watching eddie belfort and so going back to being a little bit undersized like i said is that somewhere there or someone that you felt like you had to model your game after so so growing up um i think it was like my second year at bantams um my dad was the general manager of the stars and at the time marty turco was the goalie so i got he hooked me up with all my pads and i got all of his cut his like exact custom sticks too and Marty Turco was like 5'10, 5'11. Um, and his puck playing, like he played the puck. He'll Constantly. go down, he'll go down in history as the best puck handling goalie. I will argue to to my grave, he'll be the best puck handling goalie to ever play. And, the, and to cut you off there, that is like to me, when I look at a goalie and I think of my goalie back there, as a defenseman, that is one of the most important things yeah. from a goalie. I want from my goalie that I'm playing for is if they can handle the puck and pass it to me as a defenseman or make the right play. Like that is so underrated in hockey. It's insane, but totally continue on. And so I, um, and I'm a lefty, so I I'm a regular goalie. And on top of that, I shoot left. So my, I'm naturally, I was naturally able to play the puck like a, like I would play the puck. Um, so uh, I was, he hooked me up with all the sticks and it, I don't know if you've never, you've probably never seen it. It was the craziest curve. It was such a weird, unique curve for a goalie stick. It was like, it was like a, such a heel curve that like you could fire this thing. Like I could almost, uh, well, I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah. I could probably make it close to like the top of the circles, other zone before it hits the ice. Like I <laughs> swung that thing. Um, but so I actually like, um, it really was like throughout high school. And then I kind of finally was like, I need to kind of, you know, grow into my own style. But I like everything from like his, his stance when there was a, 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 a draw in my own zone. Like I did everything Marty Turco. I, I did all of his like mannerisms. It was, it was kind of funny. Like I, I was, obs- <laughs> I was obsessed with Marty Turco. Um, yeah. But so he was, he was probably the guy that I emulated the most out of my game. And it, it, it paid off. Like, like Gage was saying, like I, I could help out in our D zone so well. And I love playing the puck and, you know, I, I, just from watching the game my whole life, I, I really under, I feel like I understand it on a different level than most people do. Um, and so that's kind of where goalies can really take, have an advantage too. And so I, yeah. I was, I was really good at reading plays and, you know, making, making smart decisions with, with the puck and, um, you know, I really prided myself on. I never, I never knew that about you. And that makes me like you even more because <laughs> nothing grinds my gears more than when I see the goaltender fucking stain his net on a rim around and not stop the puck oh, yeah. and try to make a play with it. I'm like, get the fuck out of your net and stop that goddamn puck. Oh yeah. I'm stopping it to me at the wall. I was so stopped- I can break it up. I was stopping that thing at all costs. And then like, I, I slung it. Like I, I taped a tape, like it was a hard pass. Like I, yeah. I loved it. It was, it was my, it was so fun playing the park. So Jude, yeah. I guess before we let you go, um, now obviously you've met 
just being Brett's son and being around the game, you've met some really cool people. Like who are your top, who are your favorite people, you know, you've met through, through living with your dad and just meeting the people he's been around. Man. Well, so do you want me to like stick with hockey or just cool people? All anyway, it could be any All of it. Okay. Um, I'll do like five, like getting, getting to being able to say I'm like good friends with like the, the Gretzky's is, is something like I still get used. I'm not used to like they're, they're very close friends and I think they're some of the best people ever. So being able to say like, I know Wayne and, you know, and his family is very cool. Um, I've golfed with Michael Phelps before, which is um, awesome. I thought that was, uh, that one really stuck out to me. Um, I mean, there's just, well, There's... let me cut. You, let me cut you off here. This is a perk of being friends with Jude. So, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a so I went to Kid Rock. I went to Kid Rock um, at Wee Fest, and I went there thinking like, oh, like someone dragged me to it. Actually, and they're like, yeah, let's go see, go to Kid Rock, and I'm like, fine. Like, I don't really love the guy's music, but whatever. Go to the concert. After the concert, I'm like, this guy is the coolest guy on earth. Like, he is the entertainer of the century. He's unbelievable. So, anyways, Kid Rock comes to Minneapolis, and Clint, Clint Lewis, and I are we're looking at tickets. We're like, fuck, Kid Rock's coming to town. We gotta go. And we're like trying to find people to come with us. No one wants to go. So I'm like, all right, like, Jude, Jude, you want to come to Kid Rock? Like, Clint and I are looking for tickets. You want to come with us? He's like, yeah. Have you bought tickets yet? I'm like, no. He's like, okay, just hang on. <laughs> text text me back later that day. He's like, all right, I got us tickets. I'm like, what? <laughs> you got us fucking tickets? Like, let's go. He's like, yeah, my dad, uh, my dad hangs out with them in Nashville quite a bit, golfs with them. So um, Bob, Bob got us some tickets. So like, <laughs> so like we hear I tell Clinton, like, Jude got us tickets to Kid Rock. We're going, like, let's go. Clint's like, all right, where are our seats at? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I didn't ask Jude. I'm like, beggars can't be choosers. So then, I'll, so then I'm like, Jude, like, I text Jude. I'm like, hey, Jude, do you know where the tickets are? He's like, I have no idea. We'll, we'll find out when we get to the concert. We roll up to the concert and we go to the box office and yeah, we got tickets, four tickets to uh, Kid Rock or whatever. And they give us back these passes and the passes are friends and family and we're all like let's fucking go <laughs> so like down in the, we're down in the friends and family section just <laughs> hanging out with fucking lanyards on our chest like just so pumped like let's go it's Drink, unbelievable drinking all the free whiskey and eating the spam <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it's uh i i mean I, I so my dad's owned in nashville too so like i've met i've met like all the country guys like luke bryan Luke Bryan's like come to our house and just like sits on our piano and starts cranking out a melody. I'm like, dude, like what the fuck is going on here? Like Darius Rucker, Darius Rucker and my dad are two of the biggest stoners ever and just fucking suck down edibles all day. Like, um, I don't know. There's so many people that I could list that I just have drawn blanks on. Um, it's it's I, the, like I've gotten to do so many cool things and I I'm like I'm very conscious of it and I will never take it for granted and I'm like to this day I'm like I still cannot believe what I'm experiencing like it's I'm I'm very lucky and fortunate 
Yeah, I mean, you're kind of a big wheel. Like Mace mentioned Young Gravy earlier, and like you're kind of like I've seen you hanging out with Young Gravy, like you're his buddy. (laughs) You're like an A-list celebrity in Minneapolis. Dude, that's funny. Like, I, that's a, that's a connection I made not through my dad, which is like even yeah. funnier. Like, well, that's uh, why I knew that because like you just you're just a fucking celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. But, <laughs> uh, you know what? If I can get us some free concert tickets here and there, I'll I'll take you know D-list celebrity status if that's what it, <laughs> if that's what it takes. Yeah. There's much more. There's much more well-known people in in Minneapolis than I am. <laughs> Well, Jude, thanks for coming on, man. You got another question, Veach? Uh, yeah, I got one more. Obviously, big Dallas Stars fan, same era. Langenburner is a family friend. I mean, my mom's his dad's cousin. I don't know how that's actually a connection. But when you're ever getting at it with your dad, do you ever bring up that overtime game-winning goal and been like, you were in the crease, that shouldn't have been in? No, I think – I mean, I, I'm full. I'm a full believer it was a good goal. Like, 100%. Uh, just yeah, for the record. They, they changed that rule the summer before, like the stupid – Buffalo fans and just just fans in general are just fucking salty and they don't know what they're talking about. Um, to, to be honest, to be like uh, me and my dad, like we don't really like. That's the one thing I need to get better at is like talking to him about his time in the NHL. We'll talk current hockey all day. Like I'm the I'm a diehard Stars fan, so I'm always talking to him about oh, that. You are. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, have you seen my tweets? He, he hates he hates wild fans. Like, oh, you know, like, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like I try, and maybe not. I try, but like, it's just something that never really popped up to me growing up. But like now, like if someone asked me, like, oh, where was like where's his like favorite place to like where was his favorite like arena to play in? I'd be like, I have no fucking clue. You know, like. <laughs> Like I've asked him, like who do you th- who he thinks like his the best goalies are that we're going to like these are where I'm like you're ah I don't know like you played in the league yeah. but like that's just wrong like he'll try <laughs> yeah. he'll try and tell me like Grant Fuhrer is like the best goalie ever and I'm like <laughs> like no it's not um, <laughs> but there are like other things where I'm like uh, like just like why he had the, the 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 curve that he had or you know like his favorite teammates. I've kind of asked that now growing up, but like, like just things that like I probably should know. I never really talked to him about it. It was always just current modern hockey or we didn't talk hockey at all. Yeah. Which probably not the best answer you were looking for, but no, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. He's just a humble, like your dad's probably just a humble hockey player like most of us like he's not talking about himself when he's talking to you like he's just talking about well, when, when, when he gets going when he gets going he'll he'll drop uh drop bombs where you're like i love what, it what do you even say to that he'll talk about how good he is or like <laughs> if he makes a big putt on the golf course he'll be like that's why i'm in the hall of fame baby or, <laughs> shit like that where i'm like eh, i mean i don't yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's and he you know he can like the guy yeah. is the guy's a freak athlete he's so good at everything he does it pisses me off <laughs> i mean he tucked 750 in the national i mean you can yeah. in my book in my book you can pretty much do whatever you want if you tuck 650 goals in the national like <laughs> it's like you got a free pass to just do whatever the fuck you want like go ahead and just do whatever yeah, and he, he acted like it his whole career, which, which was why he was awesome. It was like, 
he didn't give a shit what he said. He was unfiltered and, you know, coaches hated him, but players loved him. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, Jude, thanks for coming on and thanks for everyone uh, listening. Um, I thought that was a great episode, fellas, and uh, we'll see you all next week.